Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Santa sets up a fantastic automatic toy factory on Mars. The Martian leader battles the wicked Boldar in a desperate effort to save Santa, the wise man of Mars. 900 years old. The Battle of the Toys, when Martian kids and Earth kids join Santa to battle the bad guys of Mars. For real space-age fun, you'll be out of this world when... Santa Claus conquers the Martians. I don't want another one of your rational explanations. I know what I experienced and I'm not crazy. So, greetings, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah. What, um, what did you call it? Turnip Day? Yes. <laughs> you don't even remember right now. No, it's, it's a long story, but yeah, it's Turnip Day. So, what follows is what was supposed to be an hour-long show. I may still have to break this into two parts, but if you're listening to it, you'll have known at this point what I have done. How soon is now? When is now? Yes, we all know that joke. <laughs> Um, oh, I got to interrupt this with one thing before I forget, because I keep forgetting to mention it in the show. Um, now I have people that are sending me messages and writing me that every time they hear the word phenomena, they hear that stupid song. And they'll even be listening to other podcasts and somebody will say the word phenomena and they'll hear that stupid song. <laughs> we've been doing that for years. I know, but lately it's like we've double, like we quit doing it for a while and we started doing it again and we've picked up all these new listeners. So it kind of like revived the whole, you know, it revived the whole joke thing again. Um, and also the uh, trucker that stops in in my work, who's right now, whose name I completely forgot. I keep missing you. Uh, yes, I got your messages. Thank you very much. Hopefully you're having a happy holidays. And by the time you hear this, I'll probably move moved out of that building and onto greener pastures. So I have no idea who you are. So yes. <laughs> back to this. This was originally supposed to be a one-hour show, and where I just basically I was bored, and I said, "Hey, if anybody out there's got any stories they want to tell about strange things that have happened to you, contact me, and we'll see if we can set something up." And I really wasn't expecting it to be very much. And then people were like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it." And there were also a lot of people that said that, "Yeah, I'll do it," but I never heard from them again. There was also a bunch of people that at the end of it said, "Yeah, I'll do it," but at that point I had ran out of space. This turned into like a two-hour show. Um, I believe it'll come out to be two hours and 30 minutes of all of these different uh, stories from people. We've got Jim Pyre on here, show listener. Dan Brown from the UK. He's got Old a brother. Yep. Uh, Soraya from Where the Road Go comes on here. He shares a couple of really humorous and funny stories. 
Brent Han- uh, Brent Hand from Hysteria 51. Long overdue to have him on the show to talk to him. Mm-mm. It was a real pleasure to talk to him. But unfortunately, the version that you got of it, you couldn't listen to because my voice it was, was absolute rubbish. Yeah, it was doubling up. I have since fixed that. So when you people hear this, you're not going to hear what Lobo heard. Then Lucky we got you guys. Aaron and Kelly on here from Charm the Water. Um, Aaron is Aaron's really really cool. He's somebody that you know you haven't actually met him yet. I don't think. No, he hates me. I don't. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> yes. No, no. Leave it. He is leave a it. big fan. Leave of it. <laughs> leave it. Now Kelly's fiance is an actual wonderful, sweet, sweet person. She was really, really cool to talk to. I think I've talked to her because I was on their show and I talked to her on there, and then they were on here. And then after we got done recording, we ended up chatting for another half hour. Then we move on to our show's little baby sister, Amy Circus, called in and leaves a voice message. And then Ben Yannick calls in and tells a <laughs> that was fantastically yeah. bizarre story about a space potato, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And uh, finally, we end the whole thing with Kevin, whose last name I'm not going to try to pronounce because it's that very That dude is my new hero. Yeah, Kevin was a trip. Um, I had a 79 Oldsmobile. I had an 83 or 84 Oldsmobile. I had a 1964 Oldsmobile F85. I know all about I could tell you stories about those cars you would never believe. I as well had an 83 Oldsmobile oh, Land Cruiser. And it was probably one of the most comfortable cars I've ever owned. And it's it's a Land Cruiser. It's a shark. It's like a, It literally mm-hmm. is a boat. I mean, you give it gas and you're just like flying down the road. Now, when you get to his story, all of this will make a lot of sense because he has a situation that we refer to as ghost hands. And then we have another situation where his car, for lack of a better term, teleports. Mm. Now, I do one thing in this show over and over again out of habit and to a point it might get annoying but there are points in here where i'll ask people to stop their story and i'll go back and kind of repeat it for purposes of clarification not every story in this show is scary go bump in the night kind of stuff a lot of these are very funny very strange and very humorous in very many different ways i didn't want to get a whole bunch of stories of like and then the ghost walked into the room or and then the alien beam shot down a light and blah blah not all of them are like this there's a couple of really off the wall crazy ones and a lot of these are also different kind of paranormal stories than you would hear other places um the giant field of bunny rabbits is a great example of what the hell is that all about the ghost that only listens to acdc the mm-hmm. passed away relative who likes to throw water in your face uh the ghost hand situation uh the devil monkey is an incredibly bizarre story uh am i the only one that was going puppy monkey baby the whole time no i was doing it too i just didn't <laughs> want to say it and i was thinking oh my god i don't believe you said that yeah, I was I was thinking puppy monkey baby myself, but I didn't want to be rude and say that, you know? I didn't want to be like, have you seen the Mountain Dew commercial yet? No? Does mm. it look like that? No? So, <clears throat> yeah, that's Heart it. Church. So, um, I don't know if I'm going to have to break these up into two episodes or one episode. It really depends what our upload limit is. If I can do it as one, you know, two hour long plus episode, that's the way I'm going to try to do it. And you guys can break it up and listen to it in segments or parts or whatever. But do listen to these stories. And this was such a cool thing that I'm going to do it again. I'm sure I'll do it again at some point or another. And I kind of want to do it where, if possible, where some people can call Lobo and tell him some stories and some people can tell me some stories because I really wasn't expecting it to go the way that it did. 
And it got to a point where I'm like, I can't take anymore. I'm just, I can't do it or else I'll have like a 19 hour show of some point or another. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll be doing this again. And it was a lot of fun. It was really great talking to a lot of these people and getting to meet these people that listen to the show and just hearing what they had to say. <clears throat> so uh, that's it. We will see you guys probably in a few weeks, sometime around mid January, probably because we usually take a few weeks off after the holidays just to recoup and rebook guests and, just enjoy time with our families, enjoy time off. Myself, I'm going to be moving into a different job, so I'm probably going to be ripping out what hair I have left, trying to get used to that. Well, and, then. Uh, that's it. Is there anything else we need to say or like that? Puppy. Monkey. Monkey. Baby. Baby. Also, Puppy, monkey, baby. one more time to our Patreons. Thank you all very much. I have hooked a lot of you people up with as much free stuff as I was able to scrabble my hands together. And if you're a Patreon, you know what that means. Uh, and I've done nothing. <laughs> I know I'm throwing all this stuff out there. Well, this show was put together uh, over a process of a few weeks. This wasn't something I just sat down. I was like, okay, I'm free for so many minutes on Tuesday. I'm free for so many on Friday. You know, that was how it all came together. So it was really put together as, as slowly as it possibly could be. Having said all of that, have fun, be safe, enjoy the holidays. See all of you guys again soon. This is Rojan. Peace out from Detroit. This is Lobo from Connecticut. And remember that when you're mad at someone during Christmas time, it is acceptable to suck on those little minty sticks to a point and stab them in the eye. Are you talking about I the roll-up ones that come in the box that like no. ribbon candy? No, no ribbon candy chains, man. You can't suck no. on ribbon candy and make it sharp. Yeah, no, it's that what you're talking all about. Together. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out what the hell you're talking about. Well, you were talking about pointy sticks. I wouldn't have gone to candy canes. It's because you're not dark. I guess so. <laughs> Peace, folks. I don't know. All right, Jim. So, tell us a story. Hey there. Uh, I am Jim Pyre, and here here is my story. I was, for a while, working for a small branch of the government in Ohio. I was I was working in a town so small we had one stoplight. No How joke. small it was, was it? <laughs> yes, one stoplight, and we were proud of that stoplight. And we had three police cars to patrol that stoplight. And you think I'm kidding, and I'm not. So what the deal is is I've had an interesting life. Uh, I rented a little blue house out on the edge of town, and it was literally on the edge of town because I'd open my back door and there would be a farm. I mean, there would be there'd be corn or wheat or whatever that stuff was they grow to make food. And I stayed in there for about a good six months. I was by myself. Uh, I first noticed things were going weird when the TV would turn on and off, lights would turn on and off. I'd put my keys down and they'd wind up someplace else. You know, you think at the time, odd oh, stress, it must be something. I don't know what's going on. Then I had this invasion of ladybugs, not flies, ladybugs. Okay. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't step on ants. So there was a lot of scooping up ladybugs and a lot of putting them out of the house. So what do you mean by an invasion of ladybugs? Are you talking like Amityville I mean, horror, where they're just covering the windows and everything? Dude, or? dude, yes. I mean thousands of ladybugs, thousands. Okay. Thousands of ladybugs and me in a party cup trying to get them out of my house. It was a long day. It was a really long day. (laughs) 
So evidently the house figured that wasn't enough to drive me away. So what had happened was uh, at three o'clock in the morning, it was exactly three o'clock in the morning, my fire alarm went off and I woke up screaming. I woke up screaming like a madman and I'm, I'm, I'm looking around, I'm tearing up the place, trying to smell fire, can't find it. I'm in the kitchen. I'm, I'm in the, the living room because the, the fire extinguisher is in the bedroom and then it's going off and it's going off. And I've got the, I've got my handy dandy extinguisher in my hand and I realize I don't smell any smoke. I don't see any fire. There's something going on. All right. And it's one of those, it's one of those old black and Decker ones, like an old fashioned one, like you, like you used to have. I'm going to explain that in a minute because I went up and I said, okay, there's something wrong with this thing. So I popped the top off, and where you're supposed to put the battery, there was no battery, man. And, and the then, smoke detector, there was no battery in it, but it was still going it, off. And it went right off when I popped the top off of it. Okay. The, the minute I realized there was no battery, there was no sound. And the next day, brother, I was gone. That was it. That was enough for me. That was it. Okay. So you've also seen Willow the Wisp, though, correct? I have. When I was up in, that was during my first uh, uh, honeymoon when I was up in Alaska. I, I did, yes. We were doing a midnight hike up a glacier, and uh, not just me, uh, a few people, including the guide, saw, yeah, for lack of a better word, Willow the Wisps. The guide was sort of nonchalant. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah, let's move along. Me and the guy behind me, we were starstruck. So what were they like? Balls of light just dodging in and out of the trees and moving yeah. around, or? Yes, they were. They were like the size of baseballs, just moving around the trees. And for a minute, I thought they were lightning bugs. And then I looked, and and you look again, and your brain sort of tells you like, I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake, but it's 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 kind of like that feeling where your brain goes, this isn't supposed to happen, but it's happening. You have this moment where you're just turned off. So yeah, they were. They oh, were I know the exactly that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So they how far size. how far away from these things were you? Were they like, you know, quarter mile, two hundred feet? Oh oh oh, yards. It was yards. Really? Because we were on a trail and and it was dense, dense forest. So it was yards going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't far away at all. So, according to fairy folklore. They always tell you don't follow the will of the wisp. Don't follow the balls of light because I, I, you get I led into the fairy world. You, you would have done know, it? I would have done it in a minute because, you know, between you and me, I'm a poor man, Joshua Cutchin. So yeah. I would have followed it in a minute. <laughs> so you had a trail guide leading you at night through a trail and the trail guide's seeing it. And you're like, what are those? And the trail guide's just not responding to you or is like, let's get out of here or... He, he downplayed it, if you think about it, and I'd, I never thought of it that way. But he really downplayed it. He was like, yeah, that's no big deal. Let's just keep going. Time to keep trudging. Yeah, so he would not let us He would not let us investigate it. In fact, for him, it was just a non-issue. Did you ask him about it later or anything like that? Or was it just one of those things where it was so off the wall, you just kind of shoved it aside and kept on going? You know, I'd like to say it was so off the wall, but the place was so beautiful is what did it. it, it that's that's what did it. The the, the stars, night, and the river, and the glacier, it, it just kind of, it reset your brain. And I just, I, I, it just never came to mind. So was it a clear night? You could like full oh, moon, you could see everything oh fairly God. well? Oh, my God. 
Well, it wasn't a clear, it wasn't that kind of night because it wasn't that dark because it was dusk because I went during the summertime. Mm-hmm. But still, the sky was, it was just, it was beautiful. I can't, I can't describe it to you other than you felt like you were in like, like those globes, like those snow globes and mm-hmm. you were looking up and, and, and the sky was just the globe. Now, you've also apparently had visitations I've, or encounters with uh, I've seen a lot people. of stuff, man. <laughs> well, go ahead, spill it out because we've got a little bit of time. So go ahead and spill it all out. Oh no, which which one? Which one were you, which one were you talking about? Where do you want to go with it? <laughs> <laughs> wherever you want. This these are your stories. So wherever you want to go. Well, I've had. Yeah, we talked about the Willow Wisp. We talked about we talked about the the Blue House. The other thing that came with the blue house, and this didn't this didn't uh, make me leave, but this pretty much wrecked my day and wrecked the case I was working on. I have a thing where uh, it's an old time thing where I wear a three piece suit if I'm going to go to trial for for anything. It's just something my grandpa taught me. It's just you wear a three piece suit if you're going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So I wake up. It's early in the morning. It's summer. I'm putting on my vest. And as God is my witness, I hear he's putting on the vest. There's nobody in the room. There's nobody near me. I'm the only person in the house. It's just me and the cats. I could not forget that. That destroyed mm-hmm. my whole day. <laughs> that destroyed the whole – let's just say many people were unhappy with my with my job performance that day. <laughs> so you had something – that. There's an old story that I frequently tell a long, a long time ago. I'd caught an EVP, and on the EVP, um, this was a long time ago. I was I was in my teenage years. I was at a graveyard, and I had a handheld tape recorder. Um, blah blah blah. I've told the story many times, but the thing about the story is, um, it was me and my buddy. We were just walking around a graveyard. We weren't doing the stereotypical, you know, if there's a ghost here, could you please say? We weren't doing any of that stuff because nobody was gotcha. doing that back then. Yeah, knock three times. Yeah, yeah, there was none yeah. of that. We just had a tape recorder sitting on top of a tombstone with a fresh tape in it. And um, I, there was a point where I asked my buddy, what time is it? And my buddy tells me it was like 830 or something like that. We leave. We go back and listen to the tape later. And on the tape, you hear, before I ask the question, what time is it? You hear a voice very, very clearly as if another person was there. And there wasn't. It was just me and him. And no, I do not still have the tape. That's the follow-up question I always get. Um, but it, you hear a voice say time for you to get a watch. And then you hear me say, what time is it? And you hear my buddy responding back and for, it didn't freak me out. It would, it didn't freak me out that I got a voice. That was uh-huh. like, because that was why we were there. That's what it bugs me on ghost hunting shows. And they go in, if there's anybody here, can you knock? And then they get a knock and they flip out. And it's like, yeah. if I'm dead and I'm stuck in a house and people come in and they want to interact with me and they say, could you please let me know you're here? So I do. And they get freaked out and run out of the room. That's rude. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. You got it. You have to, I'm, I'm giving you people what you want. Yeah. You're there yeah. for a reason. You're, you know, and you know, I would be like, what a bunch of assholes. But I wasn't, um, <laughs> Because being dead, I'm sure, and stuck in a place is already bad and weird enough. And then when you hear somebody or something say, hey, if you're here, could you knock? And then you do and you hear people freak out. It's the whole purpose. You are there doing what you're doing. Whereas it's like, oh, cool, we got a knock. Okay, so let's take this a step further. But anyways, I wasn't so freaked out that I got a voice. What freaked me out was that it answered before I I asked the question, which really ah. that twisted my noodle as to what this, if there is another side, does time work the same way over there? I, so I think time works f- 
funny here. I, you know, <laughs> the, the longer the longer I've been doing this, the more I think that we have just absolutely no right perception of time. <clears throat> I really do. I think it's completely just wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Um. I know I do when I'm down at the Department of Motor Vehicles trying to get my plates renewed. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it leads me to wonder, look, because if you had somebody say he's putting on the vest, so A, you heard a voice, but B, who was the voice talking to uh, to clarify yeah. that you're putting on? Is is there like a ghost on the other side with a ghost phone, like kicking me taps? Yeah, he's in the room now. Okay, he's putting on the vest and now he's leaving the room. Yes, that's the thing that that's the thing. You hit it right there, the nail in the head. That's what it's bugged like, me. Why the are you keeping tabs? Who on is me? it talk? Yeah, who is this thing talking to? And why? People are in my bedroom. What is going on? So it wasn't so much that the voice came through. It was well. I'm sure if you weren't expecting a voice to say he's putting on the vest, is there like a spiritual secret service watching you? I know. <laughs> That is the trick, you know. That is the trick, and and those those are the ones that always freak me out more than you're gonna die. Okay, yes, I know I'm gonna die. Yeah, tell get me out. something I don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna get out sooner or later. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to something like that, like who who's in here? What crowd am I walking through every time I go and take a piss? You know, that's that's the stuff I want to know. And was there something special about that vest? Was it a member of your family's or something or Uh, like I said, it was it was actually it was it wasn't a member of my family's. But I I wear a three piece vest out of my out of respect for my grandfather. He he always said there was there was uh, he always said that there was a vest with with a suit. And then that's something else. So. yeah, so it was always the vest made the suit. Do you think it was your grandfather's voice? Oh no, I can tell you that right now. It wasn't. It was a man's voice, and it was almost almost as old as I was at the time. It, I I heard it clear as day, like it was right so next to my ear. Do you think your grandfather could have been showing you off to people, saying I told him to do that, and then somebody's like, oh yeah, he's putting the vest on. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't. I, you know, that's not the one that made me run out. It was the, it was the fire alarm. So it might've been, hmm. I mean, I, I could have taken that one one or once or twice more. I mean, there, there are creepier things to have said to you. Yes. There are probably oh, creepier yes. times. Like if you were sitting on the toilet, taking a dump and a ghost whispered in your ear, that would be, you know, I mean, there, there are worse times to be able to, to be doing stuff like that. If you wanted to screw with people, I don't know, maybe there's a, a time limit or something. I don't know. Yeah, they, they, they have some kind of rules. They have, they have like no go zones or something. I, guess, I, don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> no, he's in the bathroom. But, we can't mess with him now. <laughs> but the thing is about the best thing, it was eight o'clock in the morning, broad daylight, you know, mm-hmm. start of the work day. You don't, you don't imagine that stuff happening. You don't see that stuff happening on TV. You think of that stuff happening at midnight, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like it ruined my whole day. <laughs> so, do you have anything else, or was that? I mean, you, you've, you've mentioned that you saw shadow people. Is there anything above or beyond that that you've had weird happen? I've seen I've seen a, a, a bunch of shadow people. I've I've caught some pretty decent photos. I've heard oh I've heard I've heard a Bigfoot. Uh, I I gave that to. Uh, I gave that to the folks at uh, Strange Familiars. Uh, that was actually a funny story. Uh, all of these, thankfully, are, are like spooky, funny stories. Because I was in Ohio. 
I was with a group. Uh, uh, it shall remain nameless because they 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 host a bunch of things now. Uh, so we went on uh, a hunt on a friend's property. Again, two or three o'clock in the morning, bunch of guys drinking beer with shotguns. I mean, what could go wrong? Oh my god! Then, <laughs> lots of lots of drinking, lots of firepower. I'm the only one with a recorder. We hear it. We absolutely hear it. And I, I tell you what, it's like being at, at, at a zoo. You're at the zoo, a lion roars, you hear it, you hear it in your chest. But the thing is, you're not at the zoo out there. You're in the dark by a fire. That's the difference. <laughs> that's, All right. That's the difference right there. So that's the direction you're going in. So you might as well tell the story. Well, I, I, there, there, the, the story is there wasn't much story after that because the guys who were sleeping. At that point, we all shit our up. pants and ran. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they woke up. I was the guy. I didn't have a gun. I had, I had the parabolic and I had a recorder. And I said, guys, do you want to go look? And I got a resounding no. <laughs> huh. Do you still have the recording of it? I do. I still do. I gave it to I gave it to the uh, the strange familiars folks. Oof. I'd kill to have a copy of that. <laughs> I, will, I will search around and see if I can give it to you. It's it sounds like a a low rumble, and it does not do it justice because the sound that really mattered was the sound you felt in your chest, and I I, I don't know what could produce that. You know, maybe if you're right at a concert, you, you're 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 right next to the, the speakers, maybe. But when it when you hit it when it hits it in your chest, that's something else. That's something you never forget. So, how often does this kind of stuff happen to you? Did you are you like a magnet? Do you think you're a magnet for this kind of stuff? Or too too often? No, you know, honestly, I I don't know. I, I do like to go hunting for it when I can. So, and I like to write about it. Uh, you know, honestly, I think uh, it happens a lot to a lot of people. And the thing is, folks like you and me, we stop and look around and ask, hey, that was strange. And not everybody else does. Mm -hmm. I think that really is the key. I think it's a lot more common than people than people suppose. suppose. So I, I take it you're kind of a person that goes on monster hunts and ghost hunts and things like that on a frequent basis, no? That's me. Well, at least more frequent than I went when I was younger. Now I just write about stuff. So let's finish up this with the Hat Man story then about how you've run into shadow people. So tell oh. tell me about some of your shadow people experiences yeah. or tell me about your Hat Man experience. Or... I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the Hat Man was... The hat man was one of the low points in my life. The hat man, I was with my second wife. Uh, we were coming out of the garage, and uh, I had groceries. I was going into the house. I turned, and I swear to God, I saw the hat man walking down the alley. And I, I what, what, what people say about how it strikes fear in them, I've never been that afraid in my life. So, I have never been that afraid in my life. Describe what a hat man is or describe what you saw. Because when you sure. say a hat man, a lot of people I, don't quite know what that is. I saw uh, a figure that I can only assume was a man. It was about seven feet tall and had a hat. And you know what? I wouldn't even say it was a cowboy hat. I would say it would be one of those old, God, uh, 
like the kind of a bowler hat, like a rounded one or a Stetson. Yeah, no, not 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 like like the kind that the Amish would wear. Okay, you know, yeah. And he was just walking down. He was just walking down the alley, and it terrified me so much. I closed the door on her. So by looking uh, at it, describe it what it looked like. Was it was it all black with white it, eyes? It, it or? was it was black. It was blacker than black. It it was it it cast no shadow. It was blacker than black. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, I didn't see it come from the other side. It just popped up on the edge of it popped up on the edge of of the garage and kept on trucking. And I, I'm thankful it didn't see us, and I, I'm thankful it kept on walking because I, I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. I watched it walk down the street so I couldn't see it anymore. What'd you do? Just drop your stuff and run in the house and lock the door and leave your wife outside? Uh, no, did you? Would that make me? I'm I'm a much better person now. Oh man! (laughs) Wow, dude! And did your wife see this thing? This thing gives something off. It only took a second because then I was back to my senses, had the door open, and she's looking at me like, "What the hell's my problem?" I said, "Nothing, hun. Come on in." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) slam the door, lock it, and then no, come on, everything's fine. Everything's fine. My wife would be like, "What's what's the problem?" Yeah, don't worry, everything's fine. But so, yeah, I I can't I can't explain that one, but that one was truly terrifying. That so, was right to my bones. How often do you have interactions with these kinds of things? What, what what was the most recent one? Is this something that happens to you all the time? Uh, I, you know, I don't want to say every time, but I want to say it. It's not uncommon. I I will see I will see things or hear things. Perhaps that other people don't. I'm not going to say I'm a. I tell people I'm a psychic as a brick because I don't believe in the ability that they can turn that stuff on and off and move it like a dial. So you know, maybe I've got some magic pixie dust, and maybe I don't. But so, have you reached a point where you just you see this so much, you're just like, oh yeah, I see that crap all the time? Because I've got experiences in my life. I've got a lot of strange synchronicities that happen. They happen so frequently in my life now that I'm no longer amazed by them. I am sometimes actually angered and upset by them. Like, okay, give it a break, you know? Yeah, give, where, give it a rest. You know, are, are you in that kind of a situation where you'll just like, oh, yeah, that's a shadow man, just, a shadow guy just walked through the room. Oh, yeah, that happens all the time. Can you can you hand me my coffee cup, please? You know, I, I, I don't know if I'm that. I don't know if I'm that in that space, but it's getting there. I'll tell you that. I, I, I have the same feeling toward – I have a lot of precognition as far as dreams go. And I remember I was getting them crazy in my 30s, just crazy. And then it would just – it would irritate the heck out of me. I would, I would just be just so upset. It's like, all right, give it a rest. I understand. It's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. All right, it's going to happen. Oh, oh, here it is. All right, boom. Hmm. So I understand that. When you're just tired of it, it's like, all right, I understand which way you're pulling me. I guess I got no choice. Here it is. You know, doesn't say much for free will. Yeah, I, I know. I understand that feeling as well. So do you have a blog or anything that you blog this stuff or talk about this stuff at? Is there, do you have a book oh. or anything out? Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. I'm, I'm, I'm perpetually working on my book. So don't, 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 don't even think that will be done within 10 years. But uh, I'm at I'm at jimpire.com, and I am with a, a wonderful woman, uh, 
uh, Madeline, and we do something called uh, Measuring the Circle on YouTube at the uh, last Thursday of every month. We talk about paranormal stuff. Uh, this month, we're going to talk about ooh, the Chicago Phantom. Ooh, if it, is it real or not? So please tune in. Do you uh, frequently lock her out of the house when you see paranormal activity, or are you, have you guys moved past that point in your relationship? Huh? I, I, I try not to, man, but I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm telling you. It, it exudes some sort of field that's never happened to me before. I will never live that down. Oh. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on here and telling your story, Jim. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Dan, tell us your story. Well, basically, I'm a senior sales assistant at my work. I work in a shop. And on Sundays, I'm left in charge. Nothing really serious. Just make sure I can open and close and store doesn't burn down. And I was up in the office. This is about, must be close to a month now. I was up in the office, I was doing some stuff on the computer, I can't really remember what, but um, yeah, I was just doing stuff on the computer, and absolutely out of nowhere, I had this sensation that I'd been hit on the head, um, it was, well, to be more precise, it was the back of my head on the slight right hand side you know, where you got that kind of like little, yeah, the little um, crease where your, your spine meets the base of your skull. Yeah. It's like the, yeah, the crownish area. Uh-huh. And, um, I, I felt the texture of it. It felt like wood and it felt like a pole, like, um, I don't know, like an old style billy club. And I heard it resonate through my skull. I've, I felt the vibration in my skull and I felt the wood actually go clock, you know, the sound of it. Uh, I also heard my, in my own voice, myself going, oof, you know, as if I've been hit really hard. Um, yeah, I also felt the sensation of actually falling out of the chair and landing on the floor. And I was well aware that I was sitting upright, staring at a computer screen, but I just had the feeling that I'd actually been hit on the back of the head with some heavy wooden object, knocked me out of the chair. Uh-huh. Uh, also, it was really weird because it, I don't know how to explain it. I just got the feeling. It felt like I actually died. So... You, the whole time you're still sitting in the chair, though. Did you actually leave the chair or whatever? You you sat in that chair the whole time, but you felt the hit in the back of the head, and you felt yourself falling on the floor, but you never yeah. actually left the chair. No, I was sitting bolt upright, straight facing forward. Did you see yourself sitting in the chair once you hit the floor? Or were you able to look back at yourself? No, it's it's not like it was an astral projection kind of thing. It was. Okay. I, I don't know. Do you know if I stand up quickly and feel like you're going to faint? Yeah. And you kind of feel like, yeah, you feel yourself go forward, but you're not actually going forward. Uh-huh. 
it was it was like that but i went i fell to the left hand side and i actually felt the floor hit my left shoulder and i felt nothing after that and i had a sensation that i'd actually been killed it yeah it was really weird so you lived uh, somebody's death then is essentially what you're saying yeah yeah i mean i've i've got a couple of theories some of them stretching it some of them kind of make sense uh one of them is maybe i was psychically attacked but i really don't believe that happened i'm not a big believer in the afterlife anymore uh another theory is that it happened in a parallel dimension which i'm kind of a believer in multiverse theory so that's open another one is that i've actually i'm interested in these glitches in the matrix story i don't know whether you've heard of them oh yeah 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 Yeah, people that are out of time and place for whatever reason yeah they just see weird stuff or have it happen to them so there's always a possibility that my brain's sort of like, okay, you've wanted to experience one and will create a situation where this happens. But I I don't know. I haven't got a definitive answer. Have you – I have to ask the obvious question is, have you checked in to find out if anybody did die in that building in that way or was murdered in that building or anything along those lines? Um, No, I haven't. It's – it would be, I can imagine, quite a difficult thing. So I'm actually in a shopping center uh-huh. or a mall. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to access any kind of records, especially police records from murders. Yeah. The only thing I can come up with is maybe in a like, multi, going back to the multiverse theory, maybe I was actually it was being robbed because directly behind me was a six foot safe with about seven to 10 grand's worth of money in it. And that's not including vouchers. Uh So maybe in a different dimension, there was a robbery on Sunday and I got clocked in the back of the head while someone took all the stuff or yeah, I'm not quite sure. What what did you do immediately afterwards? Did you stand up and was like, you know, like oh shit, and jump and look around for somebody or anything, or you know how how do I, you react to something like that? Well, to be honest with you, it was really weird because I looked around, obviously just to check if there was anyone, well, anywhere really. I was the only one on the entire upper floor. Everyone else was out on the shop floor, just doing their general stuff. Um, oh, sorry if I'm shaking. I'm actually a bit cold. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody freezing. Um, yeah, the, the weirdest thing that is, though, is I, I've got permanently low energy, so I drink a shit ton of caffeine, like energy drinks and coffee and all that kind of stuff. But after I got hit on the head, well, something was hit on the head, 
I felt so invigorated. I felt, I basically felt like I had six Red Bull at one go. Yeah, because your adrenaline's kicking because you just died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Pardon me. Is anybody in here hitting me in the back of the head? (laughs) It wakes you up. It killed the other guy, though. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was almost... I don't want to sound cheesy when I say this or, like, dumb, but it's like... I don't know, I, life has ended and I kind of absorbed that life, if that makes sense. In this situation, this is one of the one this is one of the oddest stories I've ever heard. I have never heard of a of a third person near death experience. I mean, I, I've heard of situations like this, but I've never heard directly from somebody who's actually experienced like something like this. Because, excuse me, I'm sorry, you you essentially felt yourself dying, but it wasn't you dying, but it it was you dying. So it's you know, it, it's it's such a fantastical thing that you just don't hear something like this happening. I've never heard anything quite like this. It's 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 very it's it's very scary and it's actually very cool at the same time because it could be it could be like you're saying an interdimensional kind of thing. It could be a glitch in the matrix or it could be a multidimensional thing where the idea of time branches off and at every moment anything happens, creating another infinite number of possible universes. So for whatever reason, you were linked to yourself and this may have happened to the person at some other store or someplace was getting robbed and that person didn't make it through the day, whereas you did. Um, so, yeah, it's it's cool. It's definitely a neat story. It's I've never, ever heard anything quite like this. I've never heard anything firsthand. I mean, I've heard near death stories before. Obviously, Lobo had his and we've had a few other people talk about theirs, but never anything quite like this. I mean, how do you? Yeah. How do you go around telling people about it? Yeah, I, I died yesterday, but I really didn't die. But I was I was checking out the till, and then somebody clawed me on the back of the head. So you were robbed? No, nobody actually <laughs> robbed me, but I was robbed. But I, I did die, but I didn't actually die. I, I mean, I felt myself die, but I wasn't dying. Yeah, you should probably go smoke another one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I've got kind of a reputation at work where if I say something, people generally just don't question stuff that comes out my mouth. <laughs> It's a bit of an oddball, but um, it it's weird to explain. I mean, the way I've I've only explained it to two or three other people, and yeah, it's pretty much the same way I explained it to you. It's you know, I like to see things objectively rather than go, oh yeah, it was in a different dimension. Yeah, and that's the theory I'm gravitating towards because that's one that seems to make the most sense, but. Yeah, I'll just explain it, and yeah, it's weird. It, I, I thought it was really cool, because about five minutes, I was like, okay, I've processed this. Yeah, I want another experience like this. That was awesome. Go on, and let another one die. As long as it ain't me, I don't care. <laughs> do, do you have um, strange occurrences like this happen to you on a regular basis, or was this, like, was this your first one? Um. Oh, I've had some weird stuff happen to me before. Um, Anything along this lines, or was this was this this was one that took the cake for you? This is the weirdest, and 
most scientific one I've had. The others were kind of like, you know, just ghosts and all that kind of thing, or what I would attribute to have been a ghost. But, yeah, I mean, um, I've heard voices in another room. I've, I've heard voices when I'm sitting in my living room. I've heard voices in the dining room tell my dog she's a good girl. My wife, um, she goes, hey, Dan, you know, can you hear that? And I was just listening. It was mumbling. I was like, yeah, what is that? She goes, someone's talking to Summer. That That's my dog. Yeah. And uh, I was like, nah, it must be someone next door because we had quite noisy neighbours. And she goes, no, they're definitely talking to Summer. And even though my hearing is terrible, uh, thanks to people like Iron Maiden and Megadeth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I could hear things like good girl. Yeah. Good girl. All that kind of thing. I was like, oh shit. And that's the time when you just grab a blunt weapon, go into the other room and you're like, uh, what is empty. And I've heard some very strange laughter coming from like the the actual same room. But yeah, I as I said, the experience I said with the multi dimensional death killing <laughs> <laughs> that that one. Um yeah, that's a more scientific one I've had. Well, Dan, um, I've had John here for about 15 minutes, a little bit longer. Um, I'm going to let you go, but thanks for uh, staying up for it till two o'clock in the morning, your time to uh, <laughs> no come problem. on here and tell the story. It's, it's really cool to hear from you. And it's really cool to hear this man. Thanks a lot. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, so with us right now is Soraya from Where Did the Road Go. Everybody at this point should know who Soraya is and with the show, Where Did the Road Go. So you were like, I've got stories, and I know you've got stories. So <laughs> tell us a story. Yeah. Well, you, you, you wanted to hear the bunny story, which is nothing paranormal, but it's damn weird. Yeah. And, and I, I, have, I have quite a few just weird things that have happened to me in my life that I don't have good explanations for, but they don't seem to necessarily be paranormal. And this is one of them. Uh, back when I was probably late teens, a friend of mine came over. He picked us up. and We went out driving. And there were like four of us in the car. And it was we were just driving around for something to do. And we lived near a town uh, that's called Lodi. Lodi is one of those towns where it's like the main street is, you know, you blink, you miss the town. You know, it's that small. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of farming and a lot of stuff like that. And there's a lot of dirt roads and things like this. So he's flying down one of these roads and it's coming up to the crest where it comes over a hill and you can't really see the other side. And so we're looking out the sides of the windows going, there's a lot of bunnies in the field. Man, there's so many bunnies. And he hits this hill and he I think he was trying to jump the car a little bit because it was his parents' car and he didn't care. And so he hits the crest of the hill and he goes airborne for a second. The other side of the hill, all you could see is bunnies. There was no ground. There was just 
bunnies as far as the eye could see. And he comes crashing down into these bunnies and dead bunnies are just flying everywhere. And my one friend's screaming, you're killing the bunnies. And he's like, what do you want me to do? You know? So was the it curse was, lining all over the place? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was weaving. It was like fishtailing and weaving because there's just there's nothing he could do about it. He couldn't stop because he was going too fast. And there's just it's just plowing through all these rabbits. Like, it was horrifying, but at the same time, it was so surreal and bizarre, it was kind of funny. I'm trying to get a visualization in my head of what you mean by, like, of, like are you talking, like, thousands of bunnies or just... Yes. Like, as yes. far as the eye could see at night, there was like, just bunnies everywhere. You, the, the, no, this was during the day. Like what? The, field, the fields were filled. Like, I don't know what happened, if they had some massive bunny orgy or what, but literally, there was no ground. There was just bunnies. And I've never seen anything like that before or since. Have you been? Did you go back to that place after this happened? And was there a bunny farm there or something? Uh, I don't. I don't think there are bunny farms anywhere. These they're, they're just the standard. I mean, there's lots of bunnies around here. They're just the standard little brown hair, um, you know. But you don't normally see thousands of them. No, you you don't <laughs> see fields of bunnies in broad daylight. That's just not something. What, what I don't I don't even know how to begin to explain something like that. No, so, okay. but like I said, it, it's not paranormal, but it's damn weird. Okay, so you, you I'm I'm assuming you guys managed to stop the car. I mean, did you guys just continue driving through the bunnies? Did you back out? Did oh, you yeah. get out of the car? No, it, well, he, no, backing out would have gone over more bunnies than going forwards. So eventually, before he was even able to stop the car, we were through the bunny patch. And we just kept going. We were all just like, did that just happen? Like, okay, let's not go back down that road ever again. Did you guys even stop or did you just keep on no, driving? We just kept on driving. I, I don't I don't even know how to react to this. I don't know. I, it's like, oh, you killed the bunnies. But yeah, oh yeah, it was horrible. Why? It was absolutely horrible. <laughs> but at the same time, it was so ridiculously absurd, it's hard not to laugh at it. I, I, I can't understand why a, a thousand bunnies would like were they like salmon swimming upstream or something I don't know I don't understand this yeah and and like a, and they weren't in the road prior to that 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 lift you know otherwise he might have probably tried to stop but it's the fact that he was already coming over the lift into the bunnies you know when we saw them this is just such the the weirdest twisted visual I've ever had in my head. <laughs> I could just see like like a Dukes of Hazard kind of like exactly you know midair jump and then Waylon Jennings gets on there and says ever wonder what would happen if you crammed through Bugs Bunny you know or something <laughs> you know then the video cuts and it lands and bunnies are splattering and was there blood and guts all over the car I don't honestly remember I'm guessing there was all right yeah that takes the cake for one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard so <laughs> what else you got I, top top the bunny massacre. Uh, well, I, I could top it in, in, in like more paranormal weirdness. Cause Whatever I, I, you want to go in, because I, I've never heard anybody <laughs> tell a story about going through a herd of bunnies. Yeah, well. Were there cowboys directing the herd? No? <laughs> no, no. There were just lots and lots of bunnies. Okay. <laughs> it, there had to be more than thousands. There had to be literally thousands. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's someone out there that knows how bunnies behave and can explain it. That would be interesting. All right. 
<laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. Go ahead. Take us someplace else. <laughs> All right. So I'll tell you about the thing that happened a few weeks ago that was pretty strange. Um, I was walking out toward my computer. Actually, I wasn't walking to- toward my computer shop. It was warm. I had left the computer shop door open. And I was uh, updating a Windows 10 computer to the latest uh, creator update or whatever because I do computer repair for a living. And uh, I had gone out to get the mail, and I'm walking back toward the house. And from sort of the direction to this of the store, but kind of off to the to the left, I hear what sounds like a mechanical cuckoo, really loud. And I stopped and went, "What the hell was that?" And I said. Did Windows 10 add a weird cuckoo sound? I'm like, it sounded like it's too loud to have come from the store, but maybe I should go check. And so I start walking toward my store, and directly in front of me, this bubble, and it's the easiest way I can explain it, it's almost like looking at a soap bubble, where except you couldn't really see the, the edges of it so much. It was like it was just something warping space, moved in a straight line directly in front of me and into the tree next to the store. Into the tree. Into the tree, and I ran over to the tree, and it was just gone. And I was like, "Okay, that was interesting." And I and I and I kind of thought it out for a minute. And I'm like, hey, you know, a number of people when I post I posted about this on Facebook, and they said, "Well, it's probably a hummingbird," but I've seen hummingbirds, um, and you can see. I mean, if a hummingbird flies in front of you, you can see the uh, the body of it, even if you can't see the wings. Mm-hmm. But just to be sure, I went online and I looked up, you know, what hummingbirds look like when they fly. And uh, they generally fly in arcs. They generally fly pretty fast. This was moving fast for a soap bubble, but it wasn't moving fast for a bird. It was moving almost slow for, like, something that would have been flying. And it flew in an exact straight line. Like, it wasn't like an arc or anything like that. And I wouldn't have been able to see it if I hadn't been, you know, like, it. it, the only reason I could see it is it was distorting what was behind it. So you were seeing like a warp in reality then for the most part. Right. But almost almost like when you're looking through a soap bubble, you know, you can kind of see through it yeah. if it's clear, but it doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like, okay, what was that? Like, I assume the cuckoo was connected to that, that bubble phenomena. Um, and so I just started calling it the cuckoo bubble because why not? Um but I, I have no idea what it was. Nothing else happened. It was just kind of an odd little aside. And I was like, okay, that was weird. I have no idea what to make of that. I mean, but the cuckoo's what drew me in that direction. Had I not started walking in that direction, I never would have saw it. Yeah, if it were a, I saw a warping in reality story, but the idea that a cuckoo sound would be tied to it is is strange in itself. It sounds like some old episode of Doctor Who or something. It, oh, yeah. my God, it does. <laughs> or, or a new episode of Doctor Who, for that matter. Yeah, like just a, and then the, a bubble of warped reality floating around in the air around you. But I don't and then understand the, why you'd the, have a cuckoo clock coming out of it, or a cuckoo sound. Well, it was, yeah, but it was also, elect- here's the weird thing, it was a kind of an electronic sound. Like I said, I thought maybe it came from a computer. Um, but also this thing, like my sense of it was not that it was saying a lie, but a more technology-ish like, because it moved in such a straight line, mm-hmm. you know, like more like a drone would move. And I'm going, okay, I don't think we have invisible drones. But maybe we do. <laughs> did you have any, I'm just like cutching now. Do you, did you get any smells or anything? Any ozone-like smells or anything? Nope. Nope. Nothing else unusual about it. Hmm. Everything else was normal. Just the visual. And it didn't make any noise at all. Hmm. That's odd. Did yeah. Any, did any bunnies fly out of it or anything? <laughs> no, no. No bunnies. All right. Well, we got a couple of more minutes if you've got anything else or if you're good with that, uh, you know. 
um, well, as you, you know, I have tons and tons of stories. I have, uh, well, you know, there was there was one. For some reason, I associate it in the same way because there, it was minor but really weird. Uh, years ago, uh, I pulled into my driveway, and as I was coming to the driveway, I see this ball, this like spark, almost like a sparkler, light up on the right side of the driveway because it's a long driveway. Um, and I'm like, what is that? And then it kind of forms into a ball of sparks, almost like a tumbleweed. And it like rolls across the driveway from right to left, and then it just goes out. Like a Langolier? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm just like, okay, well, that was odd. And when I got out of the car, I went over there. There was there was nothing there. I mean, there was no, you know, no nothing that could have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no remnants of something burning. You know, I think you've got something paradimensional that's like giving you shit, and you're probably <laughs> pissing it off because you just don't react. <laughs> It's kind of like, all right, this this will mess with them, and then you're like, huh? Well, oh, by get now, inside. <laughs> by, by, by now it knows it. We we pulled into the we, another one like this is we pulled into the driveway. We had gone to an overkill show, and uh, we came back. Me and my friend, and we're sitting in the car for a minute, and because I think he was going to come in, and we were still talking, so we turned off the car, and a few minutes. Uh, not even a few minutes, maybe like 30 seconds, a minute after we turned off the car, we hear this this yell, this like, ah, and it goes on for like 20 seconds or so. And then it just stops. Like there's no decay. It's not like it fades out. It just stops as suddenly as it started. And it's really quiet, but it felt like it was in the car with us. And I just kind of sat there and he's like, what the hell was that? And I said, I someone yelling i don't and he's like no it was in the car and i'm going yeah it did sound like it was in the car you have a pocket dimension in your car that somebody <laughs> fall through <laughs> so they were falling for like 20 minutes and then the portal opened up and they fell out <laughs> <laughs> so we uh you know he's now a little edgy and I'm, and I'm like okay let's go into the house and get whatever i'm getting for him and so he gets out on the side of the car and I get out on you know the side near the house, and I start walking toward the house. And he's all freaked out, and he's looking around, expecting there to be people around or something. And, and we're in the middle of nowhere. So as I'm walking toward the house, I get into this big oak tree we have. And on the ground, I see almost what looks like a kaleidoscope of lights, like all primary color lights just kind of interweaving with each other in a circle on the ground. It lasts maybe five, ten seconds. And I just kind of stop and watch it, and I look up, and it's not something shining down because there's just tree above me. And it stops, and I go, huh, lights. And I don't know he, what's more disturbing, what happens to you or your complete and total lack of reaction to weird things that happen to you. <laughs> but it wasn't anything threatening. It was just lights, you know? I mean, so... Dude, it, you it, had a guy falling through your car. <laughs> you had tumbleweeds of sparks. You had fields of dead bunnies. And, okay, and, but the dead bunnies weren't paranormal, I don't think. I think that was just weird. <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, I, I say, oh, lights. And he then realizes how far away I am. And he's like, fuck, what are you doing way over there? And he comes bar darting over to me going, what lights? Where are there lights? And I'm like, never mind. Let's just go in the house. Oh, God. oh man. <laughs> I've just been kind of trained to be to put myself in an observance mode when this stuff happens. I'm telling you, you're pissing something off. 
something's gonna <laughs> something's gonna be like what is it gonna take to make this guy crack <laughs> i mean do you ever just look around and go no that's not working either you know <laughs> i well there, there was the whole poltergeist thing that happened a few months ago i had uh i i, I leave my, my my tv on like the satellite radio and it's on like the the not the it's not supposed to be classic metal, but it's really just classic metal stuff. And I think ACDC came on, and I'm not an ACDC fan, so I muted it. And I walked out of the room, and as I get out of the room, I hear it turn itself back on and crank up to full volume. And as soon as this happens, this this grinder that's sitting on top of a cabinet in that room I was that I'm in, which is like the the pantry entranceway flips off the top shelf and slams into the ground. And I'm like, well, that shouldn't happen. And why is ACDC cranking up? And so I go back in the room. It's so loud that I, I have to put my fingers in my ears and I run over, I turn it down and I said, I don't like ACDC, leave it off. And I, and I go back out and leave the room and it cranks it up again. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> and I went in and I just turned off the receiver and I said, now leave no ACDC. And I just walked back out again. <laughs> oh my God. That same night we were doing a round table and my the switch on my microphone kept getting turned off. Didn't you have a situation where all of your CDs or something like that were rearranged? Yes. That well it wasn't rearranged. No, the the I have a small CD case I take with me to the radio station for the last exit. And it was sitting on the floor on its side, which I wouldn't have been able to put it down open on its side or the flap would have fallen open. And I went to grab it and the the whole thing was unzipped and the CDs just went everywhere. Well, I don't that, know. Yeah, that was all the same night. I, I think you need to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with whatever you're dealing with and explain that. Uh, that I don't like ACDC. I, I did guess, that, you know, I and I didn't turn it back on again. We, we were actually watching the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and suddenly like the, there's a scene where his dad is coming out of the center of whatever thing there near the end, yeah. and, uh, you know, and everything's kind of slowing down for a minute, and it's like, well, it's weird that they would choose silence for this part. And then they're talking, and we're like, what's going on? And my friend goes, your receiver's off. Like, the sound had been turned all the way down. Huh. And the, the, the funny thing is, like, it happened very suddenly. If you turn the sound down on the receiver, it, it fades. You know, like, yeah. if you turn that thing, you can't just turn the sound completely off. It's going to go down. Yeah. This was just like, as the scene changed, the it was just silence. Huh. Because she's like, try turning it up. And I turn it up. I'm like, son of a bitch, don't turn the volume down while we're watching. watching now you're arguing movie. with it. <laughs> now you're arguing with it. Oh, all right, Soraya. I'm going to let you go. Um, all right. Thank you for doing this. These are definitely some of the weirdest stories. I think the uh, every time somebody tells me one of these stories and I go, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Then you come along with, you know, something even further with, the you know, the fields of dead bunnies or, or, or I don't know, bunny orgy, whatever, you know. I, 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 try, I try to console myself with that, that A, there was nothing we could do about it. And B, bunnies, you know, there's a reason they reproduce so much because they, they most of them don't survive anyway. Well, they are the symbol of fertility. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's because, they you know, they tend not in you know, most most bunnies are not going to survive very long, unfortunately, for them. <sighs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. And no uh, problem. I'll let you go. We're... I appreciate it. All right. Thanks.
right, so now we're going to move on to Brent from Hysteria 51, somebody that we've definitely needed to get on here for quite some time now. Um, you guys are kind of brothers in arms in podcasting. You have a very similar, similar humor-based, uh, paranormal-oriented show. Um, yeah, we tell the we tell the weird stories and laugh at them. <laughs> yeah, you guys do a very good job at it, and you've got this you. nutty robot on there that likes to cause everybody grief. Um, a good old conspiracy bot. Yeah, people have probably heard it in our ads. So, um, yeah, you know the story. I'm, I'm going around collecting stories from people. So, right. uh, Brent, tell me a story. Yeah, so this happened just a few years ago. So I am from central Illinois. My wife is uh, from right outside of Chicago. And when we got married, I moved into the house with her. And she had had it for a few years, uh, a couple years before I moved in, but nothing long. So when I first moved in, we got an office right in the front of the house. And that's where I have my computer and everything set up. And we'd start having what I would call like brownouts, like, the computer would turn off, but the other things would still be working. Mm-hmm. Or the light in the room would dim down, but the fan would keep going on. So I'm like, well, maybe we're overloading the circuit. Well, I can't figure out anything, so we call an electrician. Guy comes out, everything works fine. Nothing's wrong. All right. He leaves, like, immediately starts happening again. So, like, a week or two later, we call another electrician, have him come out, checks everything. And he's like, well, you know, I can't get to do anything, but it sounds like you might have a grounding problem. I can gut the wall, you know, cut into the wall and we can try to figure it out. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. So he leaves and, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. All of a sudden we start hearing noises from our attic. So the attic is, it's not a finished attic, but it has a floor. And well, we use it always the attic. Right, it's always right. the attic. You know? <laughs> God, it's when I like, die, I don't want to be relegated to the room attic. Room full of windows. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, you're dead now. Get up to the attic. Really? This is yeah. This is what dead people do. You always go to the attic of the house. Well, what if the house yeah. doesn't have an attic? I I don't know. But right now, it's got a basement. Will work. Yeah, basement <laughs> or attic. That's those are your choices. Really? Right. <laughs> so this the, our house was built in like 1920. So it's an older house, and uh, it, the attic is it's got a floor. It's just not finished, mm-hmm. and we use it for storage. But the front of the the attic had a partially finished room, which is actually where I'm at right now because that became our podcasting studio eventually. Mm-hmm. We would hear, like, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, but like a, yep. on the floor, which in that room, which was partially finished, which is right above our living room. And the first time it happens, we just laid down to bed and I hear bang, bang. And I'm like, oh my God, someone's breaking in the house. So we run upstairs, and I'm looking, no one there. Go back downstairs, no big deal. Then it starts happening more frequently. You hear like, bang, bang, and the dog's reacting to it. Like, you know, you hear it, and he's putting his head up, and we're kind of freaking out. But the weird part on top of that, when I'm talking about the dog, is that room that was partially finished was kind of like our kennel. Like, if people were coming over or anything going on, we'd send him up there. Mm Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he wants to be in there all the time. He's like begging at our attic door, yelping. He's running there, and he's wanting to be in this room. That's odd because usually animals are anything that's going on. They're like, ugh, yeah, you know, I don't want to be they're around. Repelled by weird activity. You yeah. Know? So he's, he's like drawn to this. So we're like, okay. So I'm like, there's something in the house. That's why he wants to get there. There's like a possum in the wall or a raccoon or something. You know, I'm I'm trying to figure it out. So we hire an exterminator. 
So he comes and he sets like live traps just so we can figure out if there's any mice or anything. And he goes up on a roof and he checks and he says that if you've got like a, a raccoon or a possum or anything, you're going to be able to see like where they got in through like the eaves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't find anything and he puts a live trap on our roof and he puts some stuff in the attic and he comes back like a week later. Nothing. Well, during this time, we're hearing bang, bang here and there on the floor or on the ceiling, which would be the floor. He comes up, oh, nothing there, takes the stuff and leaves. So I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. or well, shoot, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So it keeps So you've gone going. through two electricians and a, a pest control guy at this point. Because we're trying to be like, come on, like something's going on, you yeah. know. So we're getting fed up with it and we're both kind of freaked out and we're arguing at the house and, you know, not, not arguing, but like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, we need to fix it. I'm like, I don't know what to do and it's just bang bang one night we're sitting on the couch and i hear bang bang right above us and i yell stop it like i just yell like at the top of my lungs and as soon as i say that i swear to you water hits my forehead like maybe like a shot glass or it's not enough to drink wait, you, wait, but wait, enough wait. <laughs> water hits my forehead enough that my wife reaches over and wipes my brow and my hair's wet Swear to God. So a ghost pissed on you is what you're doing. So I am fucking freaked out. Like, piss myself scared. And she's freaking out. So we're like, what do we do? There's no water on the ceiling. We're not drinking anything. She's not, like, spitting on me. There's no plumbing in the attic. There's no no pipes up there. You know, obviously, we don't have a leak. You'd be able to see it in the brown coming through the, the ceiling. So we're like, what do we do? So we we talk with you got slimed, yeah, kind of, but the water, right? <laughs> so we get online and I start looking up paranormal investigations teams out of Chicago, and I look and you know I'm trying to find one that's like scientific and blah blah blah. And I'm not going to. How say do you names. go about describing this, well, sir? What appears well, to be the problem? Well, I, I was sitting around with the wife and we heard a banging <laughs> noise and I yelled and then I got a glass of water thrown I in got my water. face. Water, about a shot glass worth of water. So you don't have so blood I'm, dripping from your walls? No, 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 no. no. Kids no. are spinning. No, no, nothing. No like hell that. mouth. Just water <laughs> is spitting. You're getting water thrown at your face. Yeah, yeah. So, so we contact this group and they're like, okay, we're going to send two people out. And they do, and immediately when they come in, I am not liking these people. Like, so it's a guy to girl, and the guy's really nice, and he's just like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm just an investigator. She's a sensitive or something like that. We we had just been at um, like the the Renaissance Fair or something like that. We bought these two little stone gargoyles that they had there like a day before. As soon as she comes in, she's like, those are evil. You need to get those out of the house. That's causing a lot of this. Like, <laughs> they've been here for like 24 hours. You know what I mean? And she's like, I'm getting, and I'm a heavy guy. You know, I'm a fat guy. And she's like, I can tell that, you know, your diabetes has had a lot of, uh, you know, struggles with you. I'm like, I'm not diabetic. Like, so she's just, you know, reaching for anything. Well, while we're there, they put a sound recorder up in the room where we tell them, you know, the stuff's coming from the attic. We go downstairs, we talk, and they're there for about a half hour. And then they get the sound recorder and they leave. And a couple days go by and I get a call from the guy. And he's like, listen, um, we think we might have heard some stuff in the sound recorder, which I'm sure was just us talking underneath it. He's like, we want to do an investigation. And I'm like, all right, well, yeah, 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 let's let's get back to you on that. And my wife and I talk and we're like, I don't I don't think I want these people in our house like they're 
they're, they felt like shysters and no matter what's going to happen, they're going to be like, Oh, this is going on and that. So I call them back and I'm like, I'm not comfortable with you in here. I, we don't want it. So they're like, okay, well if anything happens, you know, let us know. So I reach out and I'm talking to a couple friends and they know of this guy who's a, a psychic medium. They said out of Springfield, oh, his name man. was Damon, Damon Bridges. And, uh, get a hold of him and he's like, all right, let me know what's going on. And I tell him everything that's been going on about the, you know, the sounds in the house, the water, the dog. And he goes, well, let me look into this. And I go, well, how do you look into it? He's like, well, I got, I got these spirits I talked to and I'm going to send them up and we're going to figure out what's going on. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm rolling my eyes as this guy's talking. You did this to yourself though, man. Right. He calls <laughs> me back. He calls me back. And this is what he says. I shit you not. And it gives me chills to say this. He's like, so your wife's grandfather died before you moved into the house. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you guys filled your attic with a bunch of his stuff. I'm like, yeah, we did. It's all up there. He's like, he's drawn to that. And all the activity started because you're there, me. He goes, and you're a conduit, like a conductor, and he can use you. And he's feeding off you, trying to get a hold of your wife. And he loves your dog. So your dog loves to go up there and talk to him. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm, I'm serious. He goes, all you need to do is two things. Tell your wife to go in the room and talk to him. He just wants to know that everything's okay. And he's going to leave her alone because he was sick when he left. He goes, and the other thing is he wants you to tell Mary that he's really sorry. We're like, oh man, whatever. And he goes in that water. He's like, he was a boater. I'm like, yeah, you lived on a yacht. And he's like, yeah, that was his thing. Like he was hit you with water because he wanted her to see like it's grandpa. I'm like, what? So he's telling us all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. So he's like, have her go up there. Have her talk to him. You can't so, be there. Now, here's where my questioning comes in. Right. It's not that I don't believe you. I'm curious as to how clever is this guy for being I able to know. find information out. Did you I, tell I, him anything about the dog at all? I told him that the dog had been wanting to go up there. And I told him that water hit my head. Okay. And I told him about the sounds that were going on. So now, I didn't tell him anything about the grandfather was dead or that we had any of the stuff up there, nothing at all. Yeah, but let's say for let's say he does a background check and mm -hmm. you know, finds out okay, this person used to live in that house, they died. Um mm -hmm. that person had a boat, you know, it's it's connecting the dots. Yeah, and, <laughs> and possibly. And now now her grandfather never lived here or anything like that. Okay. Her parents had, you know, they had brought a bunch of the stuff in the attic. I don't know. All I know is, so he says, you need to tell Mary that he's sorry. And she's like, I don't know who the fuck Mary is. Like, I have no idea. Uh -huh. So we ask her mom, and it turns out Mary was his nurse at the nursing home. He had dementia and sundowners. And the last, like, year and a half, he was, he was just gone. Yeah. And she was who took care of him. She was his nurse. So that freaked me out. She goes up there. She has a conversation. I... Don't know what she said or anything like that. Not a sound sense. Not a ping, bang, nothing. Well, you know, if if it really was the grandfather, it's like, hey, cool. You're welcome to hang out. You know, whatever. Which she said, and he said that, too. He's like, this is nothing. So the Damon said, this is nothing scary. This is nothing you got to worry about. And she, and he said, on holidays or something, you might hear him coming in. You might hear a bang or something like that. And that's just him, like, being with family, which we, we don't really do. But yeah, we're like, well, we if he needs a place to hang, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's really. fine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it was it's just this crazy. And even if he did, um, 
if he did find that out, you know, like he's like a mentalist as they do and they can figure stuff out. It really did stop. Whatever was making the banging noises stopped. Very, very weird. And I still have, I swear to you, I have no way to explain how I got hit with water. The water, we, I, believe, happened, I believe that something happened to you. There's no doubt in my mind that you had an experience of some kind. Most people don't report getting hit by water. That's kind of a flipped out thing. I never, yeah. Usually it's, it's like, like, then I was scratched or I was hit or I was touched or, and then I felt it groping my crotch or so. Well, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't happen that way. Sure. But anyways. But, Man, I'm always looking for those ghosts, but yeah, I never yeah. find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have a gay man named Andrew living in your house. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> um, That's right. Apologies to our gay listeners, um, all four of you. But yeah. it's uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't doubt that something happened to you. It's just when somebody calls up and, and starts spewing knowledge like that, you know, it's yeah, Google yeah. is a so, thing, you know. It's oh, I know, but, and I'm know. very, but it, it did stop. And well, the that's whole, cool, you know. Um, the whole. Uh, like I said, the, the sounds in the water and we were just, I tell you what, when something's going on in your house and you can't like being a guy and I, I or even a girl or whoever, you want to like fix things and make things better. And you think, well, if something's going on, I can call an electrician or I can call a, an exterminator. And when you can't figure out what's going on, like you start going a little bit crazy, uh-huh. you know, and questioning. And like I said, we were arguing. We were just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And it was like this really is the dog still want to go up there all the time so the dog likes it now he's not begging like he used to be um that's a bummer but he's still he, he's still you know he'll he'll go up here because and what was weird is beforehand you know it was like trying to put your dog in the kennel he didn't want to go and all of a sudden he was happy to be up there and now yeah. now we don't let him up here as much because we've finished the whole room and turned into a studio so yeah. he's just up here when i'm up here <laughs> so but have yeah. you gotten any kind of activity through your recording equipment or anything like that or nothing Nothing? Not a peep, nothing, never, never noticed anything. We've never had a, like I said, we don't get any, any taps, bangs, nothing since then. And it was daily, multiple times, bang, bang on, on the floor to where, you know, we were having her parents come over and listen, we're just sitting around in the living room. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know, and, um, and then run upstairs and there's nothing there, you know? And I, yeah. I kept thinking, I'm like going to open the the door and there's a you know a possum or a raccoon or something at first yeah well, yeah, I, yeah i don't blame you yeah that's i would i would think that too you know we, we had a situation here where birds kept getting into our house they were flying down our chimney and getting through the wet wall behind the bathroom sink and they would get into the house and fly around the house yeah so yeah. you know things like that do happen you know birds get up into eaves and they get between the walls you know stuff like that it, that's a thing yeah. you know um do you guys yeah. still frequently like give a shout out to the old man or, you know, say, Hey, we're so leaving, I will you know, every once in a while I will. So if my dog's acting crazy, I'm like, why don't you go see grandpa, you know, and we'll put him upstairs or something like that. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of become a joke because it's easier to joke about it than really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, um, you know, ghosts, but the concept like, of ghosts don't freak me out if they're not hurting anybody, you know, really, yeah, unless, and unless they're one, demonic, you know, ghosts are supposedly right. people. You know, so you're just essentially dealing with a person that for whatever reason is stuck or whatever. You know, I don't I don't know how it works over there. Right. But, and you if know. this was her grandfather, well, then more power to you, man. Stay yeah. around. And, and if there is anything crazy around here, keep him out. You yeah, know, you know, we can, we can use a bodyguard once in a while and let us know yeah. what's going on. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. That's you know? right. That's right. Yeah. I'm not seeing but, a problem uh, here. Don't spit on me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's my ghost story. That's uh, yeah. That's my my yeah. That's the, cool. The one that I work. lived. 
That'll work. Well, I'm going to tell you what, because we haven't had you on here before. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, as always, I recommend people go and listen to Hysteria 51. You hang out on our Facebook page. You contribute. A lot of our people listen to your show. I know there's yeah, we, people we that are listening a, right now that are losing their minds because we've managed to finally hook up. Um, <laughs> so, you know, where can people find you if they want to listen to your show? Talk, you know, we can all, you can go to uh, Facebook, search Hysteria 51. We also have a group on there, Hysteria Nation. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere. Hop on Twitter at Hysteria51Pod, and you can also find all of our episodes and everything at Hysteria51.com. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and talking to us, man. This has Thank been a you lot for of having fun. me. It was a blast. Yeah, I'm, I got that off my chest. I feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all, man. Take care. Thank you. Okay, so Aaron and Kelly from Charm the Water, you guys appeared Hello. on. You there? Yeah, you there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've been having Skype issues, so I didn't know if I lost you again. But you guys appeared <laughs> on the Strange Familiar show with a story about seeing a devil monkey, is what you guys referred to it as. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's what I immediately called it after uh, seeing it. All right. So I don't know who wants to lead off, but tell me your story. Okay. Uh, I'll start. Um, this was about two o'clock in the morning. I don't have the date right in front of me. I wrote all the details down, but uh, we decided to go to the gas station. Now we're out in Mars Hill, kind of in an isolated very rural mountainous area and uh we knew about this uh 24-hour gas station uh, one town over so we head out there and what we do is get a bunch of snacks and we're going to bring them back and do youtube uh, videos reviewing weird snacks so on the way back uh we come around this curve we first uh see some deer we see deer all the time out here and you can see their eyes shine. So Kelly was like, oh, there's deer. And then we come around this curve. And this is my perspective of what I saw. I was in the passenger seat on Kelly's side of the road. Uh, she had her window down and we're in a Jeep. And I see something white standing on all fours. And it's looking directly at us in the cab. And I can't quite tell what I was seeing at first, but then as we got closer, we were probably going like 30 miles an hour, and she slows down as we approach it, and it's completely still. And I'm noticing, like, I I keep uh, eye contact with it, but kind of out of my peripheral vision, I note that its back legs are kind of like a dog's. They have that bend. Yeah. But the front legs are like uh, apes. They look like stovepipes. And what's really weird is its head is completely round. And all the, the most prominent features that I'm just locked onto are these two huge black eyes. It's almost like there's not any 
more detail on the face than that. I'm just locked into those. And I can't see eye shine, even though Kelly had her brights on. It just seems to be looking directly past the brights, directly into the cab of the Jeep. And so we come up alongside it, and it shifts with its front arms or whatever to maintain eye contact with us. And this is like three, four feet away, and we're both just kind of looking at it with our mouths hanging open. And we go past it, and I'm like, what the hell was that? And Kelly's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, turn around. And uh, Kelly's like, <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> Kelly's like, no, I don't want to. I don't know what that thing was, and uh, I don't want to know. And so the first thing out of my mouth is devil monkey. It just came to, I mean, that's what it looked like. Uh, so I guess, Kelly, you want to tell your, what your perspective was? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so after we had seen the deer and we come around this curve, um, I'm looking ahead and I see this thing on the side of the road. It was the opposite side of the road. And it was just pure white. And when, Dar- and when Aaron describes how the head is completely round, uh, to me it looked like fur. Um, if you were to look at... Um, like an owl, how their face, like their fur kind of fans out all the way around. Yeah. That's exactly how it was. And I remember in that moment looking at it and Aaron and I both acknowledged at the same time that it didn't have any ears because I was like, damn, that's a big dog. Like that was my first thought was, holy shit, that's a huge dog. And then to realize that there was no ears and it became more eerie thinking about the fact that it, it was a dog with no ears, but it had like a short elongated snout in front so almost like how a monkey would look but the eyes were perfectly round um they were somewhat close together and it it literally was just almost like making eye contact with me i felt i felt like it was looking directly at me and i remember saying to aaron i'm like aaron those eyes aren't reflecting light like it was weird that you can have high beams on something and it not reflects light and when he talks about it shifting Um, my impression, because of course our perceptions are different, but my perception was that it was shifting to kind of, uh, almost like brace itself. But I think he was afraid I was going to hit him with the car. Like that's kind of how I perceived it when he shifted, uh, because I purposely slowed down thinking it was a dog and was going to come into the road. I wasn't sure if he was going to run in front of me or whatnot, and I didn't want to hit him. And then in thinking about it too, this thing was probably just on on all fours was probably like four to five feet tall just on all fours i mean it was really really tall and he was high up you know in comparison to where my jeep was his head probably would have come you know just above my window my driver's side window so you know when we um I don't know, but he watched us, which was really, really strange too. Like he literally, his head was turning and he was watching as I was driving away. Like I was driving and my head was turned facing this thing and our eyes were contacting each other and I was driving slowly away. And then once I, you know, we got away from it, I was like, I don't want to go back there Um, just because of how big it was. And I thought, God, if he like attacked the car, he could really hurt us and plus my window was down and um you know it was just it was really really creepy and the funny thing is Aaron uh started joking and picking on me and calling it a devil monkey 
And he's like, look, Kelly, there's a devil monkey. And But at the same time, as much as he was trying to make light of it and we were joking and he was picking on me, uh, we were both starting to really freak out. By the time we got home, uh, you know, that was when I actually said, I'm going to just Google and see if there's any monkeys up in North Carolina. And I know it sounds strange, but there's monkeys that live in the trees in Florida. So I thought, you know, maybe there's a possibility that monkeys have hit the Appalachia. And as as soon as I typed in Appalachian mountain monkey, story after story of this thing called the devil monkey comes up. And I asked Aaron, I was like, do you know what a devil monkey is? And he's like, no. He goes, what are you talking about? Like, he was just being silly and calling it a devil monkey. So, I mean, I don't know, Aaron, you might have seen something along the lines called a devil monkey, but it wasn't anything that him and I really ever knew anything about. Um, you know, we didn't, it wasn't something that we've ever researched, much less for me. I've never really believed in anything like that. I've never really been into folklore or anything. I, I never put much stock into it. So, uh, but it. When you did the Google image, when you did the Google search, did you, did you pull up any images or anything? Were there any drawings of what this, of what the folklore of the devil monkey looked like? There were a couple images, um, there was only one that I remember that was somewhat similar and it's very common. Uh, it was a drawing of, it looked like this monkey man kind of thing standing on two legs with these extremely round eyes. Uh, but in all of the stuff that him and I have looked at, nothing is the same as what a devil monkey is perceived to look like. Um, James Kiblin or Kibler did an awesome, uh, rendition of you know our version of it but it still wasn't true to life you know it wasn't true to what we had seen his looked more like a monkey like a baboon which was similar to what it looked like but as time has gone on we've realized there's that one particular owl Aaron found a picture of it and I can't remember what kind of owl it is but it literally like it gave me chills when I looked at it because it had the eyes and the fur around the face like an owl the snout of a baboon or a monkey and the body of a monkey, but a body of a dog. Like I've never seen anything like that. And we actually stopped. We went back to look for it because we're crazy, but we went back the (laughs) next day and and Aaron had spoken with uh, one of the women, the woman that lived on that property. And he can tell you that part. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, When you describe the arms, what you're, Right off the bat, what you're describing to me, without having anything in my head, I get an image of like a British bulldog kind of thing. Um, now, when you say the arms on it, were they like orangutan kind of front arms or something like that? Were they were they big and muscular like a baboon or something? Or uh, Yeah, I guess an orangutan would be a better description of like a gorilla. Were they something like that? Yeah, big and powerful. Okay. Um, um, like... And, really big. <laughs> and, and you said it was covered with white fur, or was that just the white light reflecting off of the headlights? No, he was perfectly was, white. Okay. Um, I'm only asking you these things to get a better picture or an idea of what it would look like. And um, are you driving like a Jeep Cherokee or the stereotypical Jeep with, you know, the you know where you can take the top of it off and stuff? Is that the kind of Jeep that you guys have? It's a Patriot, so no, it's not a Wrangler, but okay. it's just like a Patriot, similar to the Liberty. And you said that it would be, if you did hit it, that it's that the top of your hood would have came equal to where its head was? Uh, 
I would say his, like if he were to walk up to the car, his head probably would have been level with the top of my, or not the top of my window, but the, um, the bottom of the window, I should say. Okay. That's, so he was, he was probably a good four, four to five feet tall, just on all fours. Okay. He would have been his he would have been head level to my car up to my car. Now, when you said you saw it shift and move, um, did it move kind of like an orangutan or a gorilla, how they kind of lumber on their front arms and move like they, yeah. so it, it shifted to the side yeah. like that then. Yeah. It was just a slight shift to uh, maintain eye contact and it, it shifted with its front arms. Okay. And what's kind of strange, we were both so locked into the eyes that we didn't see feet. Uh, we didn't see a tail or anything. The details we gathered other than the, the face were just kind of from that peripheral, peripheral view mm-hmm. of thinking back. I don't remember seeing it actually contacting the ground. I wasn't looking at that just the entire time locked into those big, dark black pits of eyes. Now, was it like on and a what, slope or something like that on the side of a road? Cause like out in the country roads, you've got like a, uh, the roads kind of go down and you know, yeah. there's like a yeah, slope going up. This is what's interesting. When we came back, uh, the next night it was at dusk and we could see much better. Uh, no, it was it was a flat road uh, in a bend, and there was houses on one side. On the other side, uh, there was a couple of houses, but there was an apple tree right there. And uh, I was talking to this woman. I asked if she had ever seen anything weird. She says they they see deer. Uh, fawns coming down there for the apples. Uh, she said one time her husband saw a big cat. Um, she went through a bear, bear cub. I was like, no, this was nothing remotely like that. And uh, she got kind of freaked out. But that that was interesting to me that there was an apple tree right there. Okay, I'm assuming there was no prints or anything on the ground? Not that we could see. Okay. All right. Now, um, where were you going to go next with the story? Because I was just trying to get I'm trying to paint a picture of what this thing is that mm-hmm. you're seeing. Well, she kind of uh, digs up these devil monkey stories and uh, it's been cited, I think, is going back to the 1920s in the Appalachian area. We're talking West Virginia, Tennessee. Um, and there's a couple of stories out there of it attacking a vehicle and like this thing was so muscular. I think if it wanted to attack us, it would have been a really bad scene. Uh, just, just I can visualize those arms that just enormous stovepipes of arms. Um, and also there's some stories about it jumping across fields, like some kind of crazy kangaroo or something. And me thinking back to seeing those, the bend in the back legs, the stories say it moves in just inhumanly quick in these jumps. And it kind of, you know, I think back to Spring Hill Jack and some of these stories and could have been this thing. I don't know. I don't even know if this thing was an actual animal. I mean, it, it certainly looked like it, but it was just so strange. I mean, we, this is what we got into on Strange Familiars. Uh, you know, what exactly are cryptids? Are they real animals or is there something a little bit more spooky about them? But um, this is where it even gets more strange. I went to work that Monday and uh, I load up my iPod and I see darkness radio or beyond the darkness now uh, 
Tim Dennis and Dave Schrader, their uh, latest episode is titled Devil Monkey. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it was an interview with a guy who had written a book on Devil Monkey. So I got to even hear more details. So just that right there just made it all the more weird. Have you contacted that guy? And I just want to throw... Oh, go ahead. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. I was going to throw in just two things. Um, that guy that we listened to, actually, who we have not contacted, no. Um, but the guy who wrote the book, one thing he was talking about was not going back, if you see anything like that, to not go back because it can be a dangerous kind of thing. Um, so I'm grateful that we didn't go back and look when, when we had the opportunity. But the other thing that's funny is uh, Tim Renner, was the reason he named the show Kelly Don't Pet the Devil Monkey is because of the fact that my perception of it was actually more passive. Um, I think Aaron, because of the arms and the way that it looked, uh, felt a little bit differently. But when I mean, literally, when he shifted to his side and, and jumped, it, it was almost like he, he kind of like shrugged away a little bit. Like, I think he was really nervous that I was going to hit him with my car. And so uh, that's why Tim was picking on me because he's like, Kelly, don't pet the devil monkey. <laughs> but the thing is, is like it was so close to us. And I'm telling you, Rojan, I, neither one of us are crazy. This thing literally looked like we could have reached out and touched it. It wasn't like a mist or it wasn't, you know, something that looked like he was evaporating because we said that we didn't notice his feet. But he was level like he was on the ground and he could have been ta- he was tangible. He was an animal like that. Yeah. That's kind of it's crazy to think of it that way. Um, but just something, you know, that I've never, ever seen before. And I still to this day can't get him out of my mind. It's crazy. How fast were you guys the, going uh, around the corner? By, you know, were you going like 35, 40? Yeah. And we as we approached it, we slowed way down. So we just creeped oh, I, by yeah. it. Yeah. So you got a good look but, at it um, with the window rolled down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she was, you know, that much closer to it, it being on her side with uh, the window down. Um, the, when she says it shifted like in a defensive mode, that's not how I perceived it at all. Uh, like my first perception was that it was shifting to get ready to bounce, like jump at us. But the more I thought about it and kind of, replayed it in my head over and over. I think it was just shifting on its arms just to maintain eye contact. And that was it. Huh? Well, I've got nothing. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I believe that you saw it. I, there's not a doubt in my mind that you saw something. Um, I'm not questioning that. It's just a matter of it's something so odd and so strange, but have you? I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions that you've probably been asked a million times at this point. But have you checked any local newspapers or checked for any other reports of anything, seeing anything like this? I I contacted uh, WLOS News 13 through Facebook. Who probably thought you were insane. <laughs> we got no we got no response. And then I thought about it, and I was like, Do I really want to be known in the community? Is <laughs> Well, maybe I shouldn't stir this up, but I've since then I found out that Asheville has a cryptid society and I think uh, this may be something we could get into them with uh, about. But then again, if they're the tracks and turds type of yeah cryptozoology people, I, I don't think that would be helpful. What spooked me the most about this thing was the sort of 
ghoulishness type face it had just round white big dark black eyes it just didn't look it it looked ghoulish is the best way i can describe it mm-hmm. and as time has gone on we've come to realize um just from talking with a couple locals around that uh people in mars hill have a reputation for being crazy quote unquote um, because of the fact that it's common for people to say they've seen Bigfoot around here. Mm-hmm. So we found out that there have been other sightings of other kinds, um, just not really quite sure, uh, you know, to the extent, but people have talked about UFOs and they've talked about Bigfoot. So um, who knows? I mean, who really knows? And, you know, this whole area up here, I probably because we're so secluded, it does give you just a sense like an eerie kind of sense a little bit when we first moved of course now we're settling in nicely um but i think with how remote everything you know i could totally see how they would think people from mars hill were weird because (laughs) you know here we are seeing a cryptid that you know we never ever thought we would well that's that's often from my from my i've experienced over the years through checking into all this stuff there's three ways that people get into this stuff. Number one, they're hard nosed skeptics that are getting into it because they've for a sense of superiority or arrogantness or what have you. Or there's people that are genuinely curious about the stuff and just find it interesting. Or you've got people that have actually had some kind of experience and they're trying to in some way or another figure out what else is out there or looking for some kind of an answer for something that they can't explain. Or as we've talked about before, that moment of disconnect where you look at something and you have some kind of a strange experience. And then there's that moment where you say, this is not this is not normal. This is something totally unnormal that defies any kind of rational logic or what I'm seeing right now should not be happening or cannot happen in a normal world. Um and that's usually how one of those three ways, that's how people get into this kind of stuff. And then they fall down the rabbit hole and go wherever they end up going. So um, it sounds like it, you, you go, you're coming, your guys are coming from the attitude of we were curious about this and then, oh, look, here's something, you know, yes, this exists and we're going to screw with you a little bit. So <laughs> I yep. don't know. Well, Tim Renner on the show blew both our minds. Um, we had talked about previously, Kelly, when we first moved into this house, uh, Kelly had a ghost sighting of this woman in this dirty white dress or nightgown or something on our porch. And Tim had heard about this and had told us on the show that when he had heard that, he told James that they're going to have a cryptid sighting because he revealed to us that there's, he knows of more than one case of people seeing a ghostly figure in white, a woman and then having Bigfoot sightings and stuff. So at that point, both Kelly's and my mouth just kind of hung open, and we, we didn't know what – we still don't know what to think. I think you should get in touch with that guy that wrote that book and see, you know, or at least read the book and see what it says and see how much of it matches up with what you guys are experiencing or if there's something in there that relates to that. You know, what what's it going to hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean – Maybe you should do it on your show. Synchronicity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the synchronicity of – that was uh, probably saying, hey, look at this guy's work. Well, I'm going to let you guys go, um, but don't hang up. Thanks for coming on and telling this story. It's uh, probably one of the most unique cryptid stories that I think I've ever heard. 
and plus I know you guys, you know, it's nice to hear it firsthand right from somebody and it doesn't fit yeah. a mold of, of the usual Bigfoot sighting or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's, it's definitely of the other. So, yeah. Well, thanks for having us, Regin and uh, tell Lobo. Hello. <laughs> Will do. Thank you. I'm trying to use the phone. Hi, this is Amy from Wisconsin. I don't know if this is going to be short enough to fit on the show, but I want to share it anyway because I had a really weird dream uh, about a week ago. Uh, I started meditating before bed so that I could actually sleep to see if it would help, and I don't know how much stock I put in any of that stuff. I'm kind of skeptical, but I did it anyway. And that night I had a dream, and I dreamt an entire movie in my dream, and it was about an Iranian woman and another woman from the Middle East, and they went to a resort, and they fell in love while their husbands were away doing something. I'm not really sure if they were on a business trip or what. But they fell, uh, but they fell in love, and then uh, I kind of saw the credits scrolling at the end of the dream, like the movie was over. And in the credits, I could read, like, a, a phrase, and it was in, I don't know, it looked like a foreign language, but I wasn't sure. But I remember all the letters in it. So when I woke up the next morning, I Googled the letters, and it translated from Azerbaijani into the phrase, it's going to snow soon. And the funny thing is, Azerbaijani, I think, is, they call it Iranian Turk language. So I thought that was really weird that I had a dream that about an Iranian woman and her some language that I've never spoken before, I've never seen before. And it said it's going to snow soon. And I think it was snowing in the mountains, which, I mean, it's always snowing over there, so I guess that doesn't really count. But, you know, as far as superpowers go, it's pretty lame. I can predict it's going to snow in the mountains in Turkey. So, there you go. All right, so with us now is Ben Yannick, who's talking to us with a cell phone microphone. Is that how you're doing it or something? Or a headset? Yeah, it's it's my work headset hooked to my cell phone. Just a conglomeration of garbage, I suppose. It'll work. It'll work. It's probably no different than the Mickey Mouse operation we do here. But you had a few stories, so we went back and forth and picked your brain about what ones we could come up with that were the most unique and individual. And... We figured we'd start with the Wendigo tree, and that's not a very long one, but still a strange one nonetheless. So, Ben, tell us some stories. So, the Wendigo tree, I was out with a bunch of buddies, uh, maybe five, ten of us sitting out having a camping experience around uh, north of Chippewa National Forest. It's that giant patch of woods between the Twin Cities and the Canadian border. And we're on the northern end of that, and uh, the natives around there, the Ojibwe, their story with the Wendigo is that it's something that appears to to foretell if or, or to portent death. Something terrible is coming if it doesn't kill you itself. And it always appears as something brilliantly white and out of place, and you don't always know that it was there until afterwards, right? So we're camping. We're telling stories about the local native ghosts and the Wendigo and all of these things. 
And uh, one of our buddies is good and drunk, and he's kind of being a jackass, and he keeps saying, hey, check out that tree. Check out that tree. And there's this brilliant, really big, brilliantly white tree. Uh, appears to be some large uh, aspen or poplar or uh, birch tree. Mm-hmm. But we don't think anything of it because, you know, we're in the middle of the woods. So we stay up now, late and we keep. When oh, you say ahead. brilliantly, you mean like was the tree glowing or it was just reflecting a lot of light off of the fire? Well, it's, I wouldn't say glowing, but I wouldn't say reflecting the light. Like you can see the firelight only goes so far and it's maybe 20, 30 yards away from us. So it isn't directly reflecting the light from the fire, but it's not glowing so bright that it's like a a flashlight, you know, Uh it's kind of that, uh, it stands out much more than everything else around you, but you can't say for sure. Like, oh, that's glowing. It's, it's super brilliant. Okay. All right, go ahead. So he keeps going on about it, and we're telling him to settle down, and that's stupid. And after a while, we all decide to head to bed, and we go to bed. When we wake up, we look, and uh, we're all joking about, like, oh, wasn't Paul being a jackass? He got too drunk, and he was trying to convince us that that tree was the Wendigo. When one of my buddies goes, that tree isn't there. And we look, <laughs> and there is. There's no – the part of the forest that we're in is all pine. There's no – trees that would be white of any form there's definitely not a tree in the particular spot that we've noticed it in so So, did anything bad or dangerous befall you in any way or it was just chilling out going hey you're all gonna die (laughs) well nothing terrible happened to me but my uh one of my buddies that was there less than less than a month later went off the road going 65 in the middle of the same woods uh, his seatbelt failed, and he flew through the windshield Ooh, and hit a yeah. hit a tree face first. Ah, he ah. he survived. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, he he lived, but that he would spent qualify quite a bit of time as bad. That <laughs> yeah, was it was a rough one, but he made it through it. Wow. How do you how how do you go through a windshield and face plant into a tree, and still manage to walk away from that? Well, that part I don't understand. That's crazy. But it was, yeah, that was uh. One of the big pastimes up there was uh, it was called road packing. You would uh, fill a cooler that you plugged into your uh, into your cigarette lighter in your car with beer and whiskey, and you have two people, one's driving while the other drinks, and you drive out to the middle of the woods in, on all these logging roads until you're pretty sure that your drunk buddy can't find his way back. Then you switch places. Then the drunk buddy has to drive as fast as he can back to where you started. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you switch places where the driver then drinks while the passenger tries to get lost. Oh man. So Minnesota sounds like a great place to go. (laughs) (laughs) Minnesota is nice, but the backwoods is pretty, uh, pretty backwoodsy. All right. So from there, you were telling me a story that I, uh, I named puff the magic ghost, something about a spectral black cloud that was not on a tropical island somewhere in the middle of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up with that? I had a friend when uh, when I was really young that always had these, you know, your friend that tells you like, oh, I had a dream. And he tells you a story that's remarkably similar to the story you told. He's trying to one up you, right? He's yeah. that guy. Yeah. He had endless stories about haunted things that happened in his house. You know, he's got this old house in the middle of nowhere and. There's all these ghosts and all the pictures come out crazy and it's just endless stories from this guy. 
So he's telling us repeatedly about this thing. Uh, he's got a small bedroom. There's a closet on one end. There's a TV right next to the closet. There's a bed. There's a door. That's it. You know, just enough space to walk in the door, walk to the closet, and walk around the end of the bed. Mm-hmm. So he tells us endless stories about at night he's laying down watching TV, and a cat ghost, he always called it, comes out of the closet, runs across his feet, and runs out, runs out the door, even though the door isn't open. And this being that, uh, being that guy that you you never really trust because you kind of kind of a fool. Yeah, we we're always dismissive, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm sure that must have been terrible. But he's, uh, the, he's the bullshit guy in the group. Yep, yeah, that's exactly the guy. So again and again, he tells us this story amongst others. So one day we're at his house and we're all uh, watching TV or movies late at night. And uh, we start teasing him like, oh, the cat ghost. I think I saw it. Oh, it was terribly scary. And he's getting upset to the point of crying almost. You know, like he's really offended that we don't believe him, which is unusual for him because usually he'd just switch the subject and move on to something else. And immediately, (laughs) as soon as we notice he's getting really upset, one of my friends goes, holy shit. And he throws the pile of books he has up in the air, jumps across the room, lands in the middle of the bed, and is scurrying to get to the far corner away from the door and away from the closet. And we're like, well, what happened? What happened? He's like, well, that the cat ghost, it came out. Like, yeah, right, it did. You know, thinking, oh, he's going to try and really uh, mess with our, our lying buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So after a while, he calms down, and uh, we take him to the side, or I take him to the side, and I'm like, you know, that's it, it's funny to tease him, but it's not too funny to get that far into it that you're kind of buying into his story. And he's genuinely freaked out. He's like, no, no, really, something came out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, what did it look like? He's like, well, it looks just like a light, but it's like a light without a light bulb, except the exact inverse. It's like a dark spot that you can see through, but it's darker than anything else, and it doesn't have a definite edge. He's like, and it moves so fast, right out from the closet, right over my feet right out through the door so fast that it was gone before it even registered in my brain that it happened. And so being kind of, kind of incredulous of him still, we get back to watching TV and moments later, the same thing happens to me and same thing. Like it's completely gone before the terror and the, that shock of this thing has come across, moved across my feet and gone out the door. It was it was so sudden and so quick that it's all over before you can even react. So it did the exact same thing. It the, the black black cloud of of kitty cat doom <laughs> flew out of the, it came out of a closet, shot across your feet, and shot across the room. Yep, exactly. <clears throat> so it did the exact same thing. Then is what you're saying. Exact same thing. Exact same motion. Except instead of going over somebody else's feet, it went over my feet, and you could feel it having. You know, you've got socks on. You can feel that there's something that brushes past you. Yeah. But it was so incredibly fast that it doesn't even register with your in your mind that something has happened until the whole experience is over. And then it just did it just dissipate? Well, just uh, or it's just there and gone. And then you're like, what the hell was that? Yeah. I mean, it, it shoots out from the closet across your feet out the door. But, it, but the door is closed like it goes through the door and then that's it. There's no no follow up, no anything. Did he have a pet cat to know it was a cat? No, he never he never had pets. He was definitely allergic. So, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how you would decide that. I, I know this is a weird thing to gravitate towards, but I'm trying to decide how you would decide that this thing was a cat. 
only if for the fact that it had cat-like actions to where that's the kind of things cats do. So, I mean, it's like I, I, I'm trying to figure out what what frame of reference you go. Oh, crazy black cloud flying across room. That must be a cat. You know? Yeah. No, I'm so. I'm with you. I have no idea why he would have thought of it as a cat. I mean, that's this, what cats do. That kind of crap, though. You know, they say, there goes the cat across the room. You yep. know, they, they do things like that. So did it happen again, or was that was that it? Did it ha- did anybody else? Besides you two see it, did your buddy see it as well? The the guy that actually owned the house? The guy that the guy that lived in the house told us he saw it both times. Yeah. And he was very, very much like, see, I told you, I told you that's a thing. And neither one of us have ever experienced it again. But there was other friends that were over at his house at other times that told us that they'd experienced it. Is that the only place in the house where the the uh the magical cat ghost was seen? I don't I don't know what else to I'm, I'm not trying to be like an asshole about it. I just don't no, know what else no. to call it. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. What do you call it's, it? <laughs> yeah, it's not like it was the most stupendous thing, but still, words fail you. Like, what do you, you know, the 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 quick smoke ghost, like yeah, the cat exactly. ghost. Like, yeah, yeah, there's no. There was a. There was other places in the house that things occurred, but never the same thing. Wow, I wonder you if know? that's one of those like hauntings where, like, they say that they're residual. That it's just something that just repeats itself over and over and over again. It has no. It's like a record skipping, you know, all my yeah. all the ghost hunting people listening to the show right now. I know exactly what I'm talking about, where it's just something that happens regardless of who's there or what's there. You can't really interact with it. It's just something that happens over and over again for for random reason or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like a uh, historical time glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. It's just replaying itself. Yeah. It's really odd that 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 would happen, though. Like you, you expect to see like, you know, a woman going down the stairs or somebody going through a room or something yeah. like that, but it, it's just odd that that particular kind of thing would happen. Um, exactly. Well, that's the the repeating things you always hear of as uh, somebody has unfinished business or a very important moment in their life or an important moment in their death. Yeah, exactly. Repeating. Exactly. Yeah, never a never an important puff of smoke moving very rapidly. What kind of <laughs> of unfinished business would a cat have other than to jump on the table and knock your shit off the table? or something you know <laughs> i don't know so so many mice just so many mice exactly it's never done <laughs> let's move on to your final story which you have dubbed as space potato i'm um, i'm really curious as to what a space potato is, is this like a ufo potato or uh, how does this work yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I lived in one town and worked in another town. Um, I was in a working in a tattoo shop about 45 minutes away from the town that I lived in. And uh, the piercer that I worked with also lived in the same town, so we'd carpool. You know, we'd wake up in the morning and we'd alternate weeks. So I'd drive one week and then he'd drive the next week. So uh, you're about the same latitude as me. Up here, it gets pretty dark pretty early in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. I've been to Bemidji before, so I'm I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it. Yep. So it's uh, it was a very dead day at the shop. We decided to close at four, which is incredibly early. But in January, people aren't you start out around five. Doing things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're driving back, and it's just dusk. It's a uh, right at that Brillig point, you know, where it's not it's not sunset, but it's not dark. Mm-hmm. You can still see. So the highway that we're on is incredibly straight and flat, except right when you get to the town that we live in is. Uh, you're coming up over a very slow, small, gradual hill, 
and then the road banks to the left, and then it's a straight shot through town, and you can see everything. Mm-hmm. So he's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. We come up along the uh, – there's a big prison at the top of the – It's I want to. I keep saying hill, but it's – you know, it's like 10 feet over two miles hill. So yeah. it's just a rise. Yeah. So we come to the top of that and take the kind of gradual bend in the road, and right as we do – Right over the downtown is this gigantic potato. And I know it sounds completely asinine, but it's it's huge. It's it's uh I've no no way to tell the distance of it, but it's gigantic. It's at least a four or five city block potato from end to end. And it's uh longer than it is tall. Where and the <laughs> What, what you, was it a potato? Did it really look like a potato, or is that just the best no. thing you can describe it? As? Was it a potato? It 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 was a potato. That's why I use the word potato. It's not like it was a you know kind of oval, weird mishmash, lumpy shape. It was okay. brown. It had eyes, and it was what? tremendously huge. <laughs> and it's moving slowly to the left, which is the south. Um. And the leading edge of it, the left edge of it, is slightly larger than the right edge of it. And then if you if you divide it into thirds, the rear third has a pole descending straight down from it with an incredibly intense bright light. Like almost so bright that you can't look directly into it. And it's moving absolutely silently, incredibly slowly. Like there's no... It, it's moving almost imperceptibly slow, you know. I so want to laugh. I, I really do, but <laughs> not laugh away. It's the weirdest damn thing. I mean, this is one of those classic Fordian tales. This is like the story where, yeah, I'm watching TV and an alien comes through my front door, walks through the living room, and grabs a Dr Pepper out of the fridge and starts talking to me. And you're like, what? You know, it's yep. like this is these. This is one of those stories that that just make that defy all rational explanation. Or irrational of something that's classic Fordian and makes absolutely no sense. Okay, yeah. so Space Potato so, is flying over the town. Did anybody yep. else in the town see Space Potato? So we're driving into town. Uh, we see the, I see the Space Potato. I haven't – the moment that you see it, it's so incredibly uh, overwhelming and incredibly absurd that you – I don't want to say you question your sanity, but you question your perception. You know, that whole moment that you're like, no fucking way. This isn't real. Yeah, I've been there before. I understand what that's about. But I've never had to look at a potato. (laughs) 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 So so we haven't exchanged uh, the piercer. The driver hasn't, and I have not exchanged a single word. I'm just dumbstruck by this absolutely ridiculous thing. And we're going and we're going and we're going. And I notice he's slowing down and he pulls over to the side of the road. And I look over at him and he's just agape. His mouth is open. His eyes are bugging out and he's just staring straight at it. And so I look back at it and I notice there's a couple other cars slowing down. No one else has pulled over, but they're all slowing down and they've obviously noticed this. And it's not like bumper to bumper traffic. You know, there's maybe four other cars within view. Mm And they're not hitting their brakes slowing down. They've just let off the gas and they're slowly slowing down as, as they notice this thing. So I look at him again and he turns towards me and he says, what the fuck is that? And I go, I don't, I don't know how to explain that. What do you want from me? And he goes, 
if you fucking say the words flying space potato, I'll fucking kill you, man. I was like, I, I have, I have no idea what to say to you, buddy. And so we, <laughs> we stood, we sit there for a couple of moments, like exchanging, trying to come to, I don't want to say trying to come to grips, but trying to come to words to describe this ridiculous thing that we've experienced, you know? And he's like, I swear to God, it's a potato. And I'm like, yeah, super slow and huge. Like, what's it doing there? Why is there a potato? It's got to be from space, right? And we're having the most asinine conversation you could possibly imagine for maybe two minutes. Yeah, as you do when you see a flying space potato. <laughs> yes, now, you do. I, I got to, okay, again, for purposes of clarification to paint a better visual <sighs> image in my head, how big was this thing like miles big, two miles big, three miles, a quarter mile? How, I, how big was the space potato? I don't know. I know that uh, about a half a mile in front of us is power lines, and it's definitely past them. So it's got to be a mile or more from us. And it's it's huge. Like it's not the entire Blimp size. size of, yeah, maybe we Zeppelin size. Okay. Pretty big. All right. Well, Zeppelin size end to end. It's it's taller than a Zeppelin because of being a potato. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay, you've got other people slowing down around you looking at, at, at the flying potato. Yep. You said it's over top of the town moving yeah. in a southerly direction. Yes. How far did it go? Did it disappear? Did you follow it? Um did you get butter and 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 sour cream and chives? I, I, I don't I don't know where to go with this. This is I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to laugh. Yeah, I'm trying to laugh at you. I, I guess no, I am. laugh away. Yeah. <laughs> we went on an incredible quest to find the largest tinfoil you've ever seen. No, uh, we, I, I, I believe so it. We're sitting, there, <laughs> we're sitting there just kind of slack jawed yapping at each other. We look back in front of us to look back at it. There's nothing there. Uh, the entire time that we were driving up on it, we witnessed it for maybe three, four minutes before we, before he pulled over. And in three or four minutes, it had maybe moved three degrees of arc. I mean, it was, it was moving incredibly slow, mm-hmm. but, and that was it. Like he, we both noticed that there's nothing there. We looked back and forth at each other without saying anything, just looking like idiots. Then he pulls back out into the road and drives off and we drive home. Did you see any kind of news coverage about this? Any local newspapers, any radio station people calling in or anything? Well, I turned on the radio and I switched through all of the stations for the rest of the night because I, as, as ridiculous as it is, I was, I was pretty shook by that. It wasn't uh, terrified, but just startled, you know, like yeah. what, what the hell do I make of this? I could find nothing on the radio. So the next day I searched the internet. I looked at the newspapers. I could find nothing. What city no. was this in? Uh, it was coming up on the city of St. Cloud. Okay. Coming from the east. So it was coming from Monticello to St. Cloud on Highway 10. What year was this, would you say? 2006. And you said it was January. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look on the internet and see if I can find anything at all. I, I, don't, I don't even know how you would go about reporting something like this because I can't see I can't see somebody calling into a news station saying, hey, uh, I just saw a giant potato flying over St. Cloud slowly. Yep. And then it vanished. Yep. <laughs> having uh, having done those searches, the best kind of search terms I could come up for was aerial phenomena, unidentified craft. I mean, there was really nothing that I could get. 
But you're I sure other it. people saw it beside you guys? There was there was definitely cars slowing down. And I mean, were the people yeah. in the cars looking at you and looking back at it? Or no, really? all of them were looking straight forward, the same as all of us. I was, from my perspective, I was the first one and the only one until after we pulled over that looked anywhere but straight forward. Huh. And then it just vanished. So you didn't actually yeah. see it vanish. So you guys looked at each other, then you looked back and it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know if it. If it just if it sunk down into the earth, if it slowly crept away and we stared at each other longer than I thought, or if it just like blinked out. All right. I got to ask. When we look back, it was gone. Any incidences of missing time? Um, any of that kind of stuff? Nothing like that? Associated with the space potato? No. Associated with the space potato. <laughs> you do have incidents of missing time, but those involve carrots. Um, yeah. <laughs> Only baked beans wow. for missing time, brother. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of wish to I, I wish I had your buddy here that was with you at the time to hear to hear what he had to say about it, because it's just such an unusual, incredible story. You know, I can I, I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, but I'm sure that I can hunt him down and ask him about it. We talked about it multiple times since then. Hmm. Um, but it was always. Well, if he's out I, there, you know, if you find him, you know, tell him, hey, listen to this and. You know, if he wants to get back with me or something, <laughs> maybe we can hear about the further continuing adventures of Space Potato. <laughs> uh, yeah, this yeah. is definitely one of the strangest stories that I've ever heard. Uh, I, I don't I don't really know how to react to this other than to say, because you always read about these stories of, of, of like in, in 40 and books and things like that about people having encounters that are just so off the wall and strange like this that they defy any kind of logic or reason. So, yeah, yep. you know, and I know we've got people that are out there listening going, yeah, space potato, that makes perfect sense because there's this idea that sometimes this phenomena will do something so strange and so peculiar that it forces you to acknowledge that 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 you've had the experience. And in a way, it's kind of like, OK, now I dare you to go tell people this. I dare yeah. you to go tell people that you saw a giant flying space potato flo floating over a town and then it vanished. You know, because you can't it's it's not like, yeah, I saw a flying saucer because there's some people that will believe you saw a flying saucer. You you can't really go and tell people that you saw a giant floating space potato, which I do appreciate you coming on here and telling me about <laughs> the spud of doom. Um, well, it is it is fascinating. The whole uh, the aspect of it is is so loudly screaming to be noticed and recognized, but at the same time is so absolutely self-negating, you know, like yes. that that aspect of. Everybody always says trickster, but it's it's much more devious than merely a trickster. You know what I mean? Because it's not only negating itself. It's negating your uh, translation of your experience to others. You know, it's it's fascinating. How long after this happened to you were you kind of like in a flummox about it? Did it did it take a couple of days to get your to get your noggin back together or did you deal with it fairly quickly or well, the, the yeah. next day, I got very little sleep that night, but the next day I was hungry for, for information, and that's when I got all I the searches. I thought searching. you were going to say potatoes. I was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fascinated all the potatoes. So, so but yeah, you, you weren't like like questioning your reality or, or having a hard time dealing with this for a while, but it's, it's definitely not a story that you can go and tell most people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it didn't. I've had a number of bizarre things happen at different times. It didn't flummox me terribly. It did flummox him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. He refused to talk about it for quite a while. Well, I but can after, yeah. Yeah. After six months or so, he was okay talking about it, but it was always in a, uh, 
liking in a joking, dismissive way. Like he never said it didn't happen, but he's always like, yeah, that's so weird. And then he'd laugh about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, Ben, um, I appreciate you very much coming on here and telling these stories. Um, I think Space Potato ranks up there as probably one of the strangest stories that I've been told yet. And (laughs) just in this little series of things we've done thus far for this episode, I've heard some pretty unusual stuff. Um, I'm glad you're not offended by me laughing at it. I appreciate that because um, no, I have no other way. Of, is all part of the experience. Yeah, I, I have no other way of rationalizing it. So it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun talking to you. And sure thing. um, yeah, thanks for coming on here and telling your stories, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime, buddy. Thank you. This is going to be the final story in the series. Right now, we've got Kevin. I'm not even going to try to pronounce and butcher your last name. How the hell is your last name pronounced? We pronounce it Alex Sechik. Um, I like how of, you say we pronounce it. I, like I, I, you don't even know for sure how yourself we need to pronounce it. So what is it again? Alex Sechik. Alex Sechik. Yes, sir. It's parts of my family shortened it. Other parts pronounce it one way. Other parts pronounce it another Whatever. It's a big Polish Your own family of... doesn't even know how to properly no. say it. <laughs> no, it's too many consonants in a row, too few vowels. It looks Lovecraftian. It looks like something yeah, yeah. you would see in a Lovecraft story where it's an unpronounceable horror with some crazy weird name. Not yeah. to insult you in any way, shape. Oh, no, 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 no. Pe- so. People constantly say something about it, but it was normal <laughs> to me. I grew up with a bunch of Polacks. It was <laughs> everyone had those names. I, I didn't know any different. So... You've got a couple of stories relating to strange driving experiences. Yes. So you told me a story that I'm going to call ghost hands for lack of a better explanation <laughs> of it. So yes. Ale- um, ah, Kevin, tell me a story. I just tried to pronounce your last name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I like, I like, no. Anyway, Kevin, tell me a story. Okay. So I'm probably about 20 years old um, at the time. I'm 35 now and I'm driving my first car. My first car is an 82 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale. These are big cars. I had one of those. It was a big car. Those are like Land Cruisers. Yes. It was as as old as I was, you know, and uh, yeah, it's. um, Did it have the bad green interior? No, it had like the blue velvet interior. Oh, man. Very classy. Did you have to reach over like four feet to change the dial on on the radio as you were driving? I'm 6'8". It was perfectly sized for me. <laughs> yeah, those, I, I actually love that car, man. You, you, you could cruise down the highway and it would just kind of float on the highway. That was back that, when gas was 99 cents a gallon, too, though. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it, just floating down the highway. And it was a classy car. It was a big car, too. So anyhow, oh, yeah. big car driving along, and what happens? Big car. So I'm stopped at a T intersection of two four-lane highways. There's a red light. I'm stopped at the T intersection and I'm going to make a right hand turn to go down this highway and not thinking about anything, just watching the light, you know, didn't have a cell phone at the time. None of that, you know, maybe fiddling with the radio, but light turns green and I go to turn onto the highway. And instead of turning into the closest lane, 
I'm t- my, my hands and arms are turning the wheel to a tight turn to turn the car onto the berm of the road. And I believe I literally said to myself, to my arms and hands, what are you doing? <laughs> it, there, there was a disconnect between my conscious brain and my arms <laughs> and hands but as I'm turning onto the berm, I didn't know if I was having a stroke. I'm like, what? what is going on? A car comes inches away from me and had blown the red light at 55, 60 miles an hour. Did you see the car coming before you started making the turn? No. So you no. just started making the turn and your hands were like, no, dude, we're going this way. Yeah. And I was. You're like yelling at your hands and your hands are flipping you off as you're turning the steering wheel. Pretty much, like, I firmly remember saying, what are you doing? Like, like stroke, like, you know, I'm I'm 20 years old at the tri- time driving this big steel monstrosity car. I didn't look to see if everyone stopped coming on, you know, coming the other way. You know, I just said, oh, light's green, let's go. What are you doing? And I just, I I make the tight turn so I don't even get out into the lane. Huh. And that car goes whipping by. And if I would have turned into the lane like I normally would have, I would have been T-boned and probably killed because that car was not exactly, you know, safety-minded in its design. Did that guy even stop or just keep on going? Oh, no. I don't even remember seeing brake lights. I just remember kind of, like, staring off into the abyss, you know, with, like, okay. And, like something made something, whether it was another part of my consciousness or an external force or something made me turn onto the berm while my normal part of my brain, my normal consciousness was saying, what are you doing? And then it was like, Oh, that as I watched this car disappear down the highway. So I got to ask the stupid question here. Did you look at your hands and say, thank you? And did they give you the double thumbs up? I, <laughs> it was, I probably should have, but like I'm, I'm sitting there like slack jawed, and I, I was on the way home at the time, so I like go home, and it's like parents ask you like what's what's wrong with you, and you know oh, nothing, you know bad day at school <laughs> or work or whatever, and then later that evening I finally told my mom who, um, and I think all she said was okay, well, you're, you're safe and just don't tell your dad. Okay. He, he was more, uh, straight shooting. Didn't like, you know, yeah. I told him, no, part of my brain or an outside force made me turn this car. He'd call, you know, BS on it yeah. or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was that. You sound <laughs> a little freaked out now. Are you going back to it? Because I can kind of hear yeah. you breathing. You're a little wigged out. Yeah. Um, in working up to this interview, I mean, I've not told anyone these two stories like ever. Huh. I've been I've been with my wife for coming up on nine years. Um, yeah, we met nine years ago, and I just told her these stories last week after I told her I was going to come on here. Wow. How did she and, react to it? Just she knows I'm into this weird stuff, but she doesn't she obviously didn't know the stories. She's like, I, you know, 
as anybody would have an explanation. Maybe your subconscious saw that car coming and you were like zoned out a little bit from school, maybe, you know, half half asleep. And you were like, and you were like waking up as you're going, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back through them definitely leaves me, you know, got goosebumps halfway through that. You know, just picturing that car whipping by my window, I got goosebumps, and yeah, and then thinking about well, yeah, let's let's get to the next one then because we were discussing it off the air and back and forth through instant messenger, and the best way you described it is a case of teleportation, but that doesn't really seem to fit the bill as well. And you were still in the Land Cruiser, different day, of course, when this happened. We're still in the Land Shark. Yes. So what's this? I one? was I was 19. Um, I didn't get my license till I was 18. So I was driving probably about a year. It was about this time of year to maybe a little earlier, you know, a little dark in the morning, dark at night, you know, a little cold. But I'm leaving the house and I'm going to go to school at, at the time. So I'm driving on my um, home road. You know, it's the road I grew up on. I spent 20 years, you know, either being driven on it or for a year driving on it constantly. I knew this road like the back of my hand. So I'm I'm leaving and, you know, like I said, I'm 19, no cell phone, but I may have been fidgeting with the radio. So I'm headed down this slight, this slight hill and at the bottom is a real soft S-bend. And... As uh, as you get into this S bend, there um, the one hillside came in pretty close to the road, but they still built houses on them. So they kind of cut the top of the house, the hill off, or cut the hillside back, put a house up there, and then put a big long concrete steps down to the road. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a common thing here in the area with the rolling hills and everything we have here. But there's like no sidewalk. It's your last step, you know, the bottom of those concrete steps, a foot and a half, and there's the yellow line or the white line on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of room for error. So as I'm going into this S-Bend, and I'm speeding. I knew I was in that big steel boat. I was probably going 40 miles an hour on this road. And all of a sudden, there's a kid right in front of my car. And I can picture this so clear. I remember the hood ornament on the front of the Oldsmobile, you know, big rectangle sticking up. And the kid was about halfway between the edge of my car and the hood ornament. So he was, you know, a quarter of the way across my, um, you know, width of my car. Uh Uh-huh. He was right there, and and he he was like as tall as the hood ornament. So he was, you know, two feet off of my bumper. He did come down off of those steps and ran across the road, and he was right there. And he had this blue, dark blue, and black trim puffy jacket and this like black toboggan on backpack. You know, just this normal kid going to school. And he was right there in front of me. And I, and the last thing I remember there is 
my foot just starting to come off the gas and go to break, my hand, my right hand going up, just that first like muscle tension, that first oomph of movement. Uh-huh. And the next millisecond, I'm 150 feet down the road. The car stopped in park in the lane correctly, in the right-hand lane centered correctly. Both my hands are on the wheel, and I'm sitting there wondering what the hell just happened and, and how all these thoughts went through my mind in just a few seconds. Like how, how, how people say you know, the life, their entire life flashes in front of their eyes in a second. I had this mess of thoughts in a few seconds. Like, oh my God, you, you killed that kid. You had to. He was right there. You killed that kid. You, you blocked it out. You don't remember it. Don't try to remember it. You killed that kid. You had to. So I've done this a few times during these, uh, during this thing. So for simplification purposes, you looked up, saw the kid, and then that was it. You were down the road, and that's all you remember happening. Exactly. There was no, no time, no nothing between kid. Why am I down the road parked? So I did you get out of the car and go back and check or? Yeah, I'm sitting there with all these thoughts like, oh, my God, you killed that kid. You you like ruined your life. You're you're going to go to jail. You were speeding. You're a dumbass. You know, you're just done. Your life's over. You know, I I wasn't. I was dealing with some depression and whatnot at the time, you know, so it's like, all right, this is going to be what drives you over the edge to kill yourself. I'm literally thinking all of these thoughts sitting there over these second or two. And what brings me out of that. And I'm like, don't look in the rear view mirror. Don't look back. Someone will come call 911. What this is all this mess of thoughts and what brings me out of it is I hear the brakes of a school bus slowing down. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this just got worse. You killed that kid. The bus is going to pull up. All those kids are going to see it. Oh my God, you're worst person ever. Oh my God, don't look. Just stay here to the cops, get you out of the car. It just like horrible, horrible, horrible. And... For some reason, my eyes flick up to the rearview mirror to look back. And I see the kid get on the school bus. I see the blue and black jacket in the, in the backpack disappear behind the door, the open door of the school bus. And I get this surge of adrenaline of, oh my God, you must have just clipped him. He's still alive. Go help him. Go, you know, you, somehow, some way, you didn't kill him. Maybe he was under the car. Maybe you just clipped him and he flew over and he's injured and, you know, crawling onto the school bus. Go, 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 go. So I throw the door open and I start m- running up to the bus, which would cause an absolute panic in this day and age. But all I can remember is saying, is he all right? Is he all right? And I'm, probably yelling this you know like 
waiting to get up and like, what's going to be wrong with this kid? And I get up to the door and I look expecting him to be like laying on the steps of the school bus and he's not there. And I look at the school bus driver and she's looking at me like, what? <laughs> Who's this crazy guy yeah, running up to the truck? A, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't recall if I knew her or she knew me. You know, like I said, I'm, maybe I was a huge kid. I stuck out. Maybe she had an idea, but it was like, and she calls back to him and says, what did you do? And I, my brain's having such a hard time, like, no, he's dying. Miss bus driver, he has to be. Like, if if I didn't turn him the hamburger, he's injured and needs attention now. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it's like, I'm slack-jawed staring at her, and she's like, did he run out in front of you? Like, yeah. Yeah, he did. I don't... I, is he okay? Is he okay? She's like, he, he looked fine. Are you okay, buddy? And he evidently nodded. And like, she's like, no, he's fine. Hopefully it'll teach him a lesson. Wow. Okay. Huh. So I walk, I'm blocking. Did she see it all go down or anything? Did she say anything else? No, no, she, she didn't evidently see anything. His parents evidently weren't out because you think you'd watch your kid go down these steep concrete steps to the road cross the road in a somewhat blind curve, make sure you get on the bus, but or I, th- there was no parents around, there was no one around, because I, I remember looking, expecting a parent to rush me and kill me, you know, yeah, or scream at me, or something. Even if it was a near miss, you'd think a parent would, that would have been watching would have been MFing me all the way back to my car. Uh-huh. And then some. So I'm just kind of in a stupor, like I shuffle back to my car, I get in and I go and try to complete my day trying to figure out what the hell just happened because there is no way, absolutely no way I didn't hit this kid. It's like, it's, it's like a scene out of a movie where someone had a time watch or whatever and said, stop, I'm going to move the kid to the side of the road. I'm going to let you go down the road and come to a complete stop. Then I'm going to turn time back on. There is no way I didn't hit this kid. He, the picture I have in my mind with the whole ornament and the way the kid looked in the backpack and everything, he was right there. Huh. And this 82 Oldsmobile Delta 88, it is not nimble. And it does not stop on a dime. No, they don't. They kind of just—it's—they kind of just go. <laughs> I should have locked like those <laughs> brakes up and left. It didn't have anti-lock brakes. Hell no. I should have left a trail of skid marks on this road from just standing on the brake pedal, and there were none. It's like I came to a full and complete normal stop in some. Whether something teleported me in the car down there and teleported the kid out of the way or stopped time or poof, the, teleported the kid to the side and I just couldn't witness that in my tiny little human brain, hmm. I don't know. But I, I've 
it gives me such anxiety to think about because of that picture of the kid in my mind and all those horrible thoughts that were going through my head after the car, after I woke up with the car stopped thinking, you know, your life's over, you know, selfish, horrible thoughts. You know, you killed a kid. Oh my God, here comes a school bus full of kids to see the body spread out everywhere. You're the worst human being ever. And well, it all worked out well. So yeah, yeah. I guess, uh, uh, tales of the Delta 88 saved your ass a couple of times. So. <laughs> it did. It was a uh, it was a very faithful car. Um, it's uh, I, I think I think the only thing that made me get rid of it is it threw a rod, and uh, I was just about about time to move on to another older beater. <laughs> but I, I like I have two windows up on on my monitors here. One of the pictures of the car, the exact car, same color, same hubcaps, everything being sold by some guy. And I was in the other windows, Google maps of the road of this S bend I was in and just the amount of anxiety that I have over both of those things, looking at them, like I can't, I can feel it in my chest. I can feel it in my arms. Like, I got to go when we're done with this. I'm going to go and take a little bit of a walk, maybe smoke a cigar. I got to, like, <laughs> wind down because <laughs> I've had weird stuff happen. I've had unexplainable stuff happen. But this All is those like, other things. This is an odd incident of, of missing time, though. It's You don't hear, I, yeah. you know, either either one of two things happen in both situations. Subconsciously, you saw something happen and you did it before you were able to react and you blocked it out. Or the second yeah. time with the, with the kid running out on the road in front of you, you know, you just reacted and did what you had to do. Now, the fact that he was right in front of the car and then he wasn't in front of the car and you parked is odd. Um, yeah. I'm curious if the bus driver saw what happened. Because I, I did own a Delta 88. You don't swerve really easy with those cars. Like, you can turn the steering wheel, oh, yeah. but the car is still going to kind of go where it wants to go, depending on the moment, yeah. momentum that it has. I mean, so, you know. I- I was going 45 and didn't touch that break until I saw the kid right there. Mm-hmm. And and just like it sounds like one of those kids. blood on the highway movies. Yeah. You know, where the kid like puts yeah. his hands up in the air and screams blood on the highway, you know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's I'm just sitting there going you blocked it out. Don't remember it. Don't try to remember. How long it. has it been since you thought about it? Since it happened? Like, do you think about um, it all the time or did you forget about it for a number of years and then no, I pried it out of you? <laughs> uh, I would remember it from time to time. Like maybe a conversation about your first car or something like that would kind of come up or you kind of hear a story maybe about a kid getting hit uh-huh. and it would kind of bring that back. But I never shared it. I said, I've been with my wife for nine years a week ago. Yeah. Is the first time she heard to that. It. I can definitely relate yeah. to that. And, and and just those two incidences with this car changed me. It didn't pique my interest. It didn't make me inquisitive. It didn't make me want to know more. It freaked me out and still does to the point it changed me. And. I avoided that road for the longest time. The one where I almost hit the kid somehow didn't hit the kid. I, 
I avoided that road and took the long way around. I think like a week after that, I was supposed to go home that way. And I like had a panic attack because I was, I'm like, just somehow you miss the kid. Just turn onto that road, go home. And I'm like at the light having a panic attack with someone behind me blowing the horn because I can't make up my mind to go. Hmm. And yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for coming on here and telling me stories and briefly reliving them and then having your gap in time as you almost uh, run over a child. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, this is good. Honestly, the more I talk about it here, the less anxiety I'm kind of feeling. And I've heard that from other interview shows and stuff too. People kind of feel better, mm -hmm. whatever. Well, I'm glad for I'm that. Definitely still weirded out. And I really, I'm closing these two windows so I don't have to look at that road or that car anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't have nearly the level of anxiety that I had up to this. Cause we've been talking about this for a week and a half coming on here and just the build up all day and, last week and then the build up today and knowing I'm going to come on in the story and yeah, I like need to be pacing the room or something to tell this story. Well, go like chill out, smoke a cigar <laughs> and uh, yes. hopefully the stories you've heard before this, when you go back to listen to this episode, will put you in a better frame of mind. So when you listen to it again, you won't be freaking out and having ghost, oh, yeah. ghost hands and teleporting yeah. cars happen to you. <laughs> Here's hoping I can go the rest of my life without well, that. I'll gladly far. see Bigfoot in the woods. Just no more ghost cars, ghost kids, ghost hands. No, no. <laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you coming on here and telling the story, man. You're very welcome, Ro. Thank you so much. No problem, man. No problem. And that looks like it'll be it for 2017. Thank you to everybody who called in and contributed a story to this show. Thank you, Amy, for calling in and leaving your voicemail. I'm going to close the show out with one of the most metal renditions of a Christmas song I've ever heard, which is All I Want for Christmas is You. Yes, that song from Leo Maraccioli, I believe is how his last name is pronounced. I'm going to leave a link for it in the show notes on the projectarchivist.com webpage for this show. So if anybody wants to go check it out and Check out everything else he does. It's, it's He's got some pretty cool stuff up there. One last thing for hardcore listeners of the show, for people who listen all of the time, you might want to stay to the very end of this, this song because we're finally going to wrap up one of the most hotly debated topics of the year in this show at the very end and answer one of the most debated questions that we have discussed all year long. Till then, talk to everybody next year in 2018. This is Rojan. Peace. Just one thing I need I don't care about the presents
talk to you about space potatoes and strange things there's a burning question (laughs) that needs to be answered and since you have actually seen a space potato flying over a town that makes you an expert on potatoes so the one burning question that needs to be taken care of to end out the year of 2017 is do you believe or disbelieve that a potato is a vegetable Ooh, i think a potato is a vegetable that's my that's my belief that's it? <laughs> That's it. Okay. And there you have it, folks. We're done for the year. Peace. <laughs>